0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Welcome to the African History Network show right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. Today is Monday, October 16, 2017 uh, 22nd anniversary of the Million Man March which was October 16, uh, 2000 uh, October 16, uh, 1995 so, hey, we are live tonight. We'll be broadcasting on uh, Facebook Live here in just a minute. So I couldn't broadcast live on Sunday night on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation because I was um, in Atlanta and coming back from Atlanta, I was traveling. So I was in Atlanta for the um, premiere, the world premiere of uh, the new documentary, Black Friday, uh, The Living Legacy. Black Friday, The li- Living Legacy. And that's from director Rick Mathis. I'm in that film. I'm in the Black Friday series. So uh, I couldn't broadcast Sunday night. Uh, they had to re-air an old episode on, uh, well, I think they re-aired the episode from last week uh, on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation here in Detroit. So i wanted to broadcast tonight. And uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined, uh, here, here in a few minutes, we're going to be joined by um, Sister Empress Chi. Uh, Empress Chi, who is the founder and uh, executive director of the Million Woman March, Million Woman March, and they are celebrating their 20th anniversary. They're going to have uh, the 20th anniversary um, later this month in Philadelphia, October 23rd through October 29th. This is the real Million Woman March. There was another group who – uh, tried to call their march the, the Million Woman March, but it wasn't really the Million Woman March, okay? So we're going to have her on um, at the bottom of the hour to talk about this coming up in uh, Philadelphia and talk about uh, what the Million Woman March is about, the different initiatives that they have, et cetera, okay? Then also I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going to be uh, the rest of October, uh, I'm going to be in um, Chicago. Um, Wednesday, I'll, I'll be in Chicago uh, Wednesday, October 18th, and Thursday, October 19th at Chicago State University, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., uh, 9501 South King Drive, Chicago State University. Uh, this, is, this will be in the uh, uh, quasi Ronald Harris Rotunda. This is for the Black Mall Ujima Marketplace, the Black Mall Ujima Marketplace. So I have a vendor um, uh, table there. So come by and see me, and uh, we can talk. I'll have my DVD lectures there uh, as well, okay? So come on out, uh, uh, Chicago, State, Chicago State University, Wednesday, October 18th, Thursday, October 19th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's a free event. Come on out. Okay? And we have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can also go to the TheBlackMall.com, TheBlackMall.com uh, as well for more information. Okay? All right. So I'm going to uh, – we're going to get things started here on Facebook Live. Uh, we're going to talk uh, to Empress Chai tonight, and then also I want to uh, deal with uh, Colin Kaepernick as well. You know I've been talking about the NFL protests a lot. I've been covering it since um, uh, the first article was written about it back August 27th, 2016, by uh, Steve Weiss for NFL.com. And we know that uh, Colin Kaepernick has filed a uh, grievance against the NFL, alleging collusion. Okay, so this is a huge step here. Um, So we'll talk about that and what that means also, okay? And uh, we'll deal with this date in African American history, and we'll deal with some other things that took place today. I'll try to squeeze that in also uh, I want to get to this article from newsweek dot com Republicans are kicking people off food stamps. Republicans are kicking people off food stamps. Uh, also, there was a story we posted on your black world uh, we posted from your blackworld dot net uh, about um, uh, a, a sister who uh, was I think she was a spinner from school for refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance also, okay? So we'll talk about that also. All right, so the call-in number is 914-338-1375, 914-338-1375 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment, and uh, we're broadcasting on uh, Facebook Live, let me start this up right now, broadcasting on Facebook Live, now Facebook Live should be working here, Uh, let's check this out, and then you can also call in to the show. You can also call in and listen by phone, 914-338-1375, 914-338-1375 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment, 914-338-1375. And you can um, listen online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network Show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network Show. Okay, you can listen there as well, all right? So um, on the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's corrects wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of man's thoughts, you can control the compass of his actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. We deal with a number of different topics here on the show. We focus on uh, uh, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Uh, We're going to have to have, I talked to, now you may have seen the broadcast that we did today. I shared the broadcast. I didn't do it, but I shared the broadcast from Brittany uh, Yard uh, today, okay? Uh, And she talked about uh, female ejaculation. So we posted that. (laughs) We posted, so so she did two broadcasts today, right? You got to watch it at our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, right? It's tastefully done, and she's an expert on male-female reproductive systems things like this so we dealt she dealt with the uh, art of female ejaculation so she's one of my Facebook friends we've been Facebook friends since like 2011 okay I have almost 5,000 Facebook friends and I have about another uh, thousand waiting on um, um, confirmation okay for me to accept their friend request so so, so she did two parts. So the second part of the of a Facebook live broadcast has been viewed 15,000 times. Because I po when I posted it on a Facebook fan page, it blew up. It went through the roof. Okay, so you can check that out. Part one and two, the art of female ejaculation, and this is uh Brittany Yard, Y uh, A Y A R D E. It's tastefully done. It's not vulgar. This is, this is not like Cardi B. Okay, ain't bodak yellow. All right, it's not. It's not like that. All right, um, and then check out her website. Also, uh, the letter G, uh, uh, Lex. Let me see how do we spell this here. Uh, G Lex uh, G uh, no, Let me see G L E L I X I R dot com. Okay, Gleelixir. G L E L I X I R dot com, uh, Glee Lixir dot uh, com. You can check uh, check out more information there. Okay, you can look at the comments. She had a lot of really good information. I'm very familiar. You know, I've studied this type of information for years. Um, I knew about the Grafenberg orgasm or the G spot. It's named after Grafenberg, who was the um, I think it was a physician or scientist who actually discovered it. Back in about the nineteen, I think it's about the nineteen eighties or seventies, he discovered it. So, you know, I knew about the G spot and, and and Grafenberg orgasm like when I was thirteen years old. Okay, don't ask me how I knew. Okay, I wasn't have I wasn't sexually active. I just did a whole lot of studying. All right, <laughs> that's what happened. I just did a whole lot of studying. Okay, so check out that broadcast from uh, Brittany Yard as well. Okay, all right. So, um, I want to get into where I will be, uh, this month, uh, quickly here. And, uh, so people are laughing on Facebook, (laughs) you know, that's what happened. So actually here's what happened, right? This is a true story. This is what happened. Okay. So don't tell nobody I told you this, right? (laughs) So what happened was this is how I learned about a whole lot of stuff. Um, you remember, you know, the Adam and Eve company that has all the novelties and things like this, right? So, They used to send catalogs to my dad. I don't know how the hell he got on the mailing list. Don't ask me. I don't know how he got on the mailing list. But they used to send catalogs to my dad. This is when I was, like, in middle school, okay? He used to throw them away. I'd pull them out of the trash can and collect them and read them from cover to cover multiple times. So that's how I learned about a whole lot of stuff, you know. When I was like in middle school, you know, I was not sexually active, anything like that. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I just knew a whole lot more than people who were sexually active. So (laughs) I knew knew what a clitoris was. I knew female anatomy, male anatomy. I knew about a whole bunch of stuff, you know, when I was like young. Okay. (laughs) And listening to Prince didn't help either, but it was, you know, the Adam and Eve uh, um, catalog. That's how I learned a lot. And this is before the internet, okay? All right, so, <laughs> all right, Eric on Facebook said, my shirt is dope still. So this is Colin Kaepernick. So I got this from a vendor who I know named Khalil, who's a vendor in Detroit. He travels across the country. And and, and Colin Kaepernick says, I'm not going to stand for a flag that oppresses black people. Okay, so check this out, all right? <laughs> okay, all right, we got Piper Carter on also. Okay, so, um I will be at Chicago State University, like I said, uh, Wednesday, October 18th, and Thursday, October 19th for the Ujima Marketplace. This is put on by by Cassiopeia and the Black Mall. So come on out and uh, uh, check me out there. It's a free event. I'll have my DVDs there. We can talk. You can ask questions. Then this weekend, this Saturday, I will be um, with Angela Rye here in Detroit. Angela Rye will be here uh, in Detroit for Hartford Memorial Baptist Church for their social justice ministry. And I'll be doing two workshops there. So this is Saturday, October 21st. Uh, it's, uh, eight, the, whole, the whole thing is from 8 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. 8 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. It's their social justice ministry. I spoke for them uh, about three years ago, and they invited me to speak again. And I was shocked because I thought they didn't like my information, didn't want me to come back. But uh, Sister Mary uh, asked me to uh, uh, come back So I said sure So my presentation, my workshops are At uh, 9 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. And 10.25 a.m. to 11.40 a.m. This is on Saturday, October th- October 21st uh, My workshop will repeat I'll deal with African American resistance In the era of Donald Trump Voter suppression, reparations, and high elections Have consequences African American resistance In the era of Donald Trump, voter suppression, reparations, and how elections have consequences, okay? So that will be um, what my um, um, workshop will be on, all right? So we have the information at our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. And uh, the luncheon and workshop cost is $25 for adults, uh, $15 for youth. Now, the keynote speaker... Starting at I think 12 noon is Angela Rye. Angela Rye, you see her on CNN. she's an attorney. Uh, she's a political analy- an- analysis. she's a, p- a political analyst, okay uh, she's fantastic. Uh, she's on CNN. You also see her sometimes on News One now with Roland Martin on TV One. She'll be the keynote speaker. Uh, brother Jamon Jordan will be doing a workshop also. So you've heard Jamon Jordan here on my show before. He's a, a historian here from Detroit. Brilliant, brilliant brother. He's an expert on the 1967 Detroit Rebellion. Uh, he'll be doing a workshop on the Detroit uh, on the 1967 Detroit Rebellion called Faith, Freedom, and Fire. The fight for liberation and the origin of Black Detroit. Faith, freedom, and fire. The fight for liberation and the origin of Black Detroit. So you can go to his workshop and my workshop, okay? Because they will repeat. They will repeat twice. And uh, my presentation. Uh, I'm going to do about a 45-minute overview of, uh, of, of my presentation. My presentation is available on DVD. At African History Network com African History com African American resistance in the era of Donald Trump voter suppression reparations and how elections have consequences it's ten dollars at our website African History Network com African History Network com actually three presentations on that DVD also okay then I have to let you know that uh, we have a uh, 48 hour sale going on it's like 30 hours left in our 48 hour sale I uh, have a new bundle pack available. The time we have been waiting for is now bundle pack. The time we have been waiting for is now bundle pack at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, okay? So you get five of my latest DVD presentations. We're going to post the link uh, here on the thread of the broadcast, and it's right on the home page of AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, it's a $60 value on sale, $30. until uh, It's on sale until uh, Tuesday October 17th, 1159 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You'll get my latest presentations, The Racist History of the White National Anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, The Real Story of the Confederate Monuments, The Confederate Flag, and Why Robert E. Lee Was Against Them. I deal with the whole history of Confederate monuments that uh, there's a lot of argument about, things like this. I deal with that whole history that ties into the Civil War also. Uh, you'll get... Um, the 13 Forms of Wealth and Redistributing the Pain, Keys to Economic Empowerment and Entrepreneurship for African-Americans. Now, this is an expanded version of the earlier version I did back in, I think, 2014 or 2015. I did this one August 25th, 2017. The 13 Forms of Wealth and Redistributing the Pain, Keys to Economic Empowerment and Entrepreneurship for African-Americans. Also deal with redistributing the pain through economic withdrawal strategies. I deal with uh, 13 different types of wealth. I deal with uh, key traits that successful African American entrepreneurs need to have. I tie this into history. Also, uh, you'll get also human guinea pigs: the history of the Tuskegee experiment of the Negro male on the Negro male. This deals with the Tuskegee experiment of untreated syphilis on a Negro male, which originally was supposed to last between six to nine months, and ended up lasting 30 years, from 1933 to 1973. Human guinea pigs. The history of the Tuskegee experiment on the Negro male, and lastly, you'll get how the Three Fifths Compromise of 1787, the Electoral College, and slavery empowered Southern states. How the Three Fifths Compromise of 1787, the Electoral College, and Slavery empowered Southern states. Okay, so that is our uh, my latest bundle pack. It's a five DVD set. It's called The Time We Have Been Waiting For is Now. The Time We Have Been Waiting For is Now bundle pack. It's a sixty dollar value on sale. We have a forty eight hour sale. It's on sale for only thirty dollars, and uh, it, uh, it's on sale till Tuesday, October seventeenth, eleven fifty nine p m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And those watching on Facebook, we posted it on the thread of the broadcast also on Facebook, okay? All right, so we're coming up here on a break in a couple of minutes, and then we'll be joined by uh, Sister Empress uh, uh, Chi as well. And uh, we posted the flyer for the – uh, million Woman, March 20th anniversary, we posted that on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, the African History Network also, okay? Um, those watching on Facebook, share this broadcast on your own Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in as well. And I'm going to post this information again here uh, and pin it so it stops so it stops moving. All right. Calling numbers 914 338 1375. 914 338 1375. You can listen by phone. You can also uh, uh, listen at uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network show. Well, the broad, the uh, protests, the NFL protests continue and they should continue. Okay. I've done, um, you know, my, in my latest presentation, um, Um, the the, uh, racist history of the White National Anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance, I tie um, the history of the Pledge of Allegiance and the National Anthem into Colin Kaepernick's protests, okay? So I deal with the history of Colin Kaepernick's protests as well because they all tie together. So... um, we see that Colin Kaepernick has filed a grievance against the NFL. Okay, this story broke on uh, October 15th. The story broke um, uh, yesterday, Sunday, October 15th. Washington Post has a good article. Colin Kaepernick files grievance, accusing uh, NFL teams of colluding against them, and they are. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick files grievance, of, um, accusing NFL teams of colluding against them. So quarterback Colin Kaepernick, who remains unemployed after the 2016 season in which he began the movement of players protesting during the national anthem, has filed a grievance accusing NFL teams of colluding to keep him out of the league, uh, his legal representatives have said. Now, he has retained a well-known and he's pretty much like a celebrity um, attorney. Mark Garagos okay Los Angeles-based attorney Mark Garagos he has retained his services to preserve, pursue the collusion claim and according to a person with knowledge of the filing it will be Colin Kaepernick's outside legal uh, representation and not the NFL Players Association primarily in charge of preparing and presenting his case okay so Mark Garagos is a very high-powered uh, attorney all right so uh Mark Garagos's uh, firm confirmed the grievance, saying it filed, quote, only after pursuing every possible avenue with all NFL teams and executives. And we know there have been uh, uh, team owners who said they didn't want Colin Kaepernick on the team. It wasn't because of his ability. It's because of his protest. And if you go back and you look at an article that I've talked about before, and um, I may have it here, um, it was an article – from last year, I think it was September of last year, yeah. Written by Mike Freeman for Bleacherreport.com. B L E A C H E R. BleacherReport.com, August 31st, 2016. It's an article entitled Mike Freeman's Ten Point Stance. Kaepernick uh, Kaepernick Anger Intense in NFL front offices. Kaepernick Anger Intense in NFL front offices. Okay, and in this article, you got to read this article. So this was just a few days after Kaepernick's protest started last year, right? And what happened was, um, Mike Freeman interviewed seven executives with the with NFL teams. Okay, so the 32 NFL teams. He interviewed seven executives. All right, and. He said that uh, in the article, it says across NFL front offices, there are team officials who are not who are not offended and even embrace the controversial position of Colin Kaepernick. They are out there. Statistically, they have to be, but they are keeping a low profile. OK, and he said they seem to be far outnumbered by the members of NFL front offices who despise him, truly, truly hate him. So this is just a, so. The first article about Colin Kaepernick's protests was written August 27th, 2016. Okay, you got to understand this timeline. This So this was on a Saturday. The previous day was a Friday, and that was the preseason game where they paid, played against the Green Bay Packers at Levi Stadium. That was August 26th, all right? A few days later, this article was written, August 31st. And in the article, Mike Bleacher talks about how he interviewed one executive, uh, in the front offices of an NFL team. And this executive said, quote, I don't want him anywhere near my team, end quote. He's a traitor. Quote unquote. I don't want him anywhere near my team. He's a traitor. So he goes on to say he wasn't alone in the anger directed toward Kaepernick. In interviews with seven team executives, in interviews with seven team executives, each said he didn't want Kaepernick on his team. This is far from scientific, but I believe this is likely the feeling among many front office executives, not all, but many. So he goes on to say that all seven of the front office executives that he interviewed estimated that 90 to 95 percent of NFL front offices felt the same way that they did. Didn't want Colin Kaepernick on, on their team. Wasn't because of his playing skills. It was because of his protest. Now. You have to understand, this article wasn't written this year. This article wasn't written this weekend. This article was not written last month. This article was written August 31st of 2016, last year. This article was written about um, four days after the first article about Kaepernick's protest was written. And you had this type of hatred four days after the protest. So what type of hatred exists right now? Against Kaepernick. This is why you have to do research on this. What type of hatred exists now against Kaepernick? Now that you have other players falling lean, now you have other players protesting as well. And, you know, I don't like to, I don't like to uh, compare football to slavery, but you have some players like Jerry Jones who have a quote unquote plantation mentality. And many – and you have some sports writers who who've called it this. They, he has a plantation mentality. And what's happening right now is, we're going to use that terminology, you have a slave revolt on the plantation. And I think this slave revolt is going to be more like the Haitian Revolution as opposed to the Nat Turner Rebellion because the Nat Turner Rebellion of 1831 was put down by the militia there in Virginia, okay? They, the, 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 the African slaves lost. But in the Haitian Revolution, those Africans in Haiti won, and they won their independence. I think this is going to be more like the Haitian Revolution than in that turn of rebellion. So check out this article because this gives some background information. I deal with this in the presentation that I did, The Racist History of the White National Anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance, okay, that's in the bundle pack we have available right now on sale $30. The time we have been waiting for is now bundle pack. You can buy it separately, and it's on DVD download as well, all right? Um, So we should be joined by Empress Chai in just a minute here. Uh, We're coming up on a break. When we come back from a break, we're going to be joined by our good sister. Shout out to Professor Griff. Uh, his uh, beautiful wife, Soleil, uh, uh, ran into them at the, uh, um, in Atlanta at, on Saturday at the uh, Black Expo, um, the, the, the Black Friday Black Expo they had, the Black Friday Black Wall Street Expo at Coco Studios. And Professor Griff spoke and I spoke. And then uh, I went over to his event he was doing with Professor James Small as well. One of my teachers, Professor James Small, he was in Atlanta also. Shout out to Raheem Shabazz. Director Raheem Shabazz, Director of um, Elementary Genocide Series, and I'm in Elementary Genocide Part 3, uh, Academic Holocaust, along with Professor James Small and Professor Kabahai watha Um, And let's see, who else? Uh, Nataki Kambon. Uh, Nataki uh, was there on Saturday with her parents. Shout out to them as well. Didn't expect to see Nataki there in Atlanta. And also, who else? Uh, this is Rahim Shabazz, okay, and uh, Director Rick Mathis as well. Shout out to them and everybody involved in the film as well, okay? All right, just give me one second here. Um, okay, so send a message to Empress Chai to call in. Nine one four three three eight thirteen seventy five. All right, I want to continue a little bit more with this story about Colin Kaepernick because now he's taking his grievances into the legal realm, okay? So this is a significant uh, development here. Okay, so in a statement, uh, Mark Garagos' law firm also said, quote, uh, and this is uh, Colin Kaepernick's attorney, quote, if the NFL is to remain a meritocracy, okay, based upon merit, based upon you earning Uh, whatever you get based upon your performance is to remain a meritocracy, then principled and peaceful political protest, which the owners themselves made great theater imitating weeks ago, should not be punished and athletes should not be denied employment based on partisan political provocation by the executive branch of our government. Okay. Specifically talking about Donald Trump protecting all athletes from such collusive conduct, is what compelled Mr. Kaepernick to file his grievance. Now, the collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and the players' union prohibits teams from conspiring to make decisions about signing a player. Let me repeat this. The collective bargaining agreement between the league and the players' union prohibits teams from conspiring um, to make Uh, decisions about signing a player but the collective bargaining agreement also says the mere fact that a uh, player is unsigned and evidence about the player's qualifications to be on an nfl roster do not constitute proof of collusion and repeat that the collective bargaining agreement also says that the mere fact that a player is unsigned and evidence about the player's qualifications to be on the NFL roster do not constitute proof of collusion. Okay. Uh, and I, I see you there uh, on the line, Prince, uh, Empress Chai, we're coming to you in just a minute here. Okay. For that reason, such cases are difficult to prove according to legal ex- experts. Now, uh, Gabrielle Feldman, Gabrielle Feldman, who is uh, the director of the sports law program at Tulane University said, quote, there has been some evidence of an agreement between multiple teams not to sign a player. Disagreement over personal decisions, as obvious as it is may seem to someone looking at this, does not uh, provide evidence of collusion. Disagreement over personnel decisions Uh, as obvious as it may seem to someone looking at this, does not uh, provide evidence of collusion. There has to be some evidence of an explicit or implied agreement. There has to be proof of a conspiracy. There has to be proof of a conspiracy. Okay. All right. So um, check out this article from WashingtonPost.com. Colin Kaepernick files grievance, accusing NFL teams of colluding against them. Colin Kaepernick files grievance accusing NFL teams of colluding against them. And uh, we're going to pick this up also. uh, Again, we're going to continue with that discussion uh, after my interview with uh, Empress Chai as well, because I have a couple of other articles to share with you about that. You know, I've been covering uh, this story about Colin Kaepernick and his protest since day one. Since day one, I've read over 100 articles uh, dealing with this. We're also going to tell you the story about a Houston student who, uh, she was expelled from school, okay, for, ex- for uh, refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance also. You don't want to miss that story as well. Okay, so we'll be back in, uh, uh, we'll be back in about 60 seconds. Um, you listen to the African History Network show right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, okay? Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. We'll be back in about a minute and nine seconds.
2: Overworked, Overworked suffering with an underperforming with company, headache, customer, staff, or vendors, or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? We turned a $24,000-a-year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one transformation created for entrepreneurs like you in various industries around the country. Not where you're used to from accounting and business consulting? Well, welcome to New Business Solutions. If you're ready to go beyond advising, coaching, and training and get implemented results, call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions apply the best comprehensive administrative, accounting, operations, human resources, management, sales, and marketing to help you actualize your vision for yourself and your company. From anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072. Spelled new as numerous on your device right now, book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com.
1: NewBusinessSolutions.com, NewBusinessSolutions.com, N-U, BusinessSolutions.com. Check them out. Hey, if you want to advertise on the African History with the African History Network, email me at info, I-N-F-O at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Info, I-N-F-O at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We reach thousands of people on a weekly basis, and we can help you. Uh, we can help you market your business, your event your website, etc. Email me at info, I-N-F-O, at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right, well, on the line, we have the uh, founder and the uh, executive director of the Million Woman March, and they are coming up on their 20th anniversary, coming up uh, this uh, October 23rd through October 29th, ninth. Okay in philadelphia and to tell us more um to tell us more about it we have empress chai uh on the Mm -hmm. line Ho Tep, sister how you doing tonight
3: my Tep, and actually it's empress (laughs) chi
1: chi i'm sorry yeah empress chi i said it before empress chi like chi power from from, from, uh, kung fu (laughs) yeah empress chi okay empress chi all right so uh, the 20th anniversary of the Million Woman March, and no S yes. in there, the Million Woman That's March, right. is coming up right. October 23rd to October 29th in Philadelphia, and uh, there's a lot going on. You're dealing with women and girls of African descent committed to the ongoing fight for justice and freedom for all. So so first of all, tell people about the first Million Woman March back in 1996. And, and today, October 16th, we know this is the 22nd anniversary of the Million Man March. this was in, was in mm-hmm. 1995. But yeah. tell people uh, who may, who memory may be a little foggy or they may not have been born at that time. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was yeah. the yeah. first yeah. Million Woman yeah. March about and how did you come up with that idea?
0: Well,
3: first, let, let me thank you, brother, for uh, having us on the program tonight. And, you know, it's such a a pleasure to to be able to talk with you and to talk with your family listening audience. Uh, Point of clarity, the the last part that you read in terms of the the continued fight for freedom and justice for our people, I mean, for all, it's not for all, I I have to say that very clearly. Um, Our focus is for people of African descent. For those who call themselves black, African, melanated, whichever you prefer but uh, our work and mission is not for everyone in that context. It doesn't mean that others will not or could not or shall not benefit from it, but that's not our major focus. Our focus is our people, our families, our communities, our ancestors. And so I have to say that and make that clear because as we proceed in this dialogue, it will become explicitly clear as to who and what the original Million Woman March is and why others have attempted to try to not only duplicate it but
1: literally to try to destroy it. Absolutely. Okay, so um, you have the, so when you had the first one back, what was the date of the one back in 1996?
3: The historical date is October 25th, 1997. That actual I'm sorry, day, 97. right, nineteen ninety seven. See, uh, we mm-hmm. were two years after the Million Man March. Million Man March was, ni- of course, nineteen ninety five. What many right. don't know, and I'm go back to your initial question in terms of what, what helped to motivate it and things of that nature. Uh, there's a uh, almost a simplistic answer, which isn't so simplistic, but I will just say it and then elaborated another time, and and that is what really motivated and inspired the Million Woman March was our ancestors and uh, being in in this location, uh, meaning in a a city, a state, but primarily a country that has historically, traditionally, and in every other kind of way, uh, attempt to dehumanize certainly to do anything and everything possible to uh, destroy the real essence of a people. So that's what really motivated primarily the Million Woman March. Of course, seeing the brothers come together in such a wonderful manner, certainly that, that has, you know, had to be an inspiration as well. But again, being a student of Dr. Ben, Having, of course, you know, been around many of our great elders, for me it was Baba Reedman Battle, who was the President General of the UNIA, and others. Um, you know, these the, the years have to kind of groom you for some things, and so I started in this movement as a college student. Uh, I was uh, the president of the Black Student Congress in school and, you know, learned about struggle in the communities, learned about culture. So the Million Woman March gave me the opportunity to utilize some of what what I had learned.
1: Right. Now, which college uh, did you attend?
3: Well, I initially started at Community College uh, of Philadelphia. Um, And no, I, I really had no intention of going to college, to be honest with you. I had no interest in it. Uh, I liked okay. what I saw in red when I started reading about the student movement for the 1950s and 60s. Right. Okay. And so I was reading all about that and hearing about it and talking to people that were involved in it. But see, I I didn't realize that that had already come and gone pretty much at that time in the late 70s. You know, I'm thinking it was still going (laughs) on. So I'm like, Oh, okay, I want to do that because it was exciting. I want to do that. So I went and joined up, went and signed up for college. I had no intention of none of that for real, for real. But I got there, you know, and Most of what I had read or heard about was pretty much gone, but, you know, it was a little teeny something there, and so, again, I joined the Black Student Union, the Black Student Congress, and, and, you know, we were doing some things on campus and certainly challenging the system. Uh, From there, I went to Drexel University. That is when I really became closer to Mumia Abu-Jamal. I was a student at Drexel. Mumia Abu-Jamal used to come to our school Because he was also an independent journalist, so he had his regular gig, but he used to come to our college campus to record his independent work, which was called Black Times Audio. And so I used to Mm -hmm. sit and watch Momia, because I was doing uh, college radio, and I had my own radio program, and I used to just sit and watch him. You understand? And that's why I'm so good now
0: <laughs> at what I do,
3: I think. And, and part of that is because I used to watch somebody who is par excellence all across the board. Right. And, uh, you know, from there, he and I developed a, a brother-sister relationship because in our community at that time, it really meant something when you said brother or sister Or it meant something when you said, I'm about our people or the struggle or whatever. And Mummy would walk down the street with his son on his shoulders, okay? And then he'd stop and sit on the step with you, and we'd We'd just, you know, bust it up and so forth. So everybody knew him. So at that point, I'd gotten married. I was still in school, but I I was uh, pregnant with my son. And so when it came time to have the naming ceremony, um, we we went to the, uh, the the center, the cultural center, and the Baba did the services. And so he said, "Who will stand up and take care of this child if his father is unable to?" And it was Mumia Abu Jamal that stood up and said, "I will." So Mumia became my son's godfather. This was 1982. I'm sorry, 81. Okay. This was March of 1981. Uh, Actually, it was June. My son was born in March of 1981. The naming ceremony was in June of 1981, and Moyni was almost murdered in December of
1: 1981. Right, right. So those are some of the things
3: that inspired.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, I remember uh, being in college and reading his column, uh, his Mm -hmm. syndicated column, The Michigan Citizen, uh, here in Detroit used to carry mm-hmm. uh, his so I remember reading that like um, every week uh, this was back in the uh, early 1990s uh, mm-hmm. I re- uh reading mm-hmm. his uh, I, would, I would read Manny Marable and uh, I'd read Joy yeah. Curry yeah. and
0: things yes. like that
1: yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, oh
1: yeah okay so we have a number of Dates coming up. We have October 23rd mm-hmm. to October 29th in Philadelphia.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: let people know. You know, you and I talked earlier today, and uh, uh, here in Detroit, they they have another. Uh, they have a women's event going on the same weekend. So let people know. Uh, so we so and we know back um, back in January, right? They had the women's march in Washington D.C. hmm Uh, mm-hmm. And, and initially. Um now that was initially organized by white women. Initially, Absolutely. They tried mm-hmm. Initially they tried to co-opt the name Million Women March. Is that correct?
3: Absolutely. That was all intentionally done because last year yeah. I <laughs> announced at the United Nations that the Million Women March reunion was coming for October of 2017. It's our 20 year anniversary. Uh, So we didn't just pop up and do this. We've been working continuously for 20 years. We haven't gotten exposure or notoriety because we we don't do the corporate thing. We've never had corporate sponsoring. We've never had a grant. So when you are not doing that, you don't get the kind of exposure or play because, you know, why would they want to push you? When you're trying to do something right. independent or when you're representing self-determination, they're not going to help you do that or try to promote you in that. So, of course, we didn't get the kind of exposure that many of the groups do, and, and that was fine with us because it was never about uh, approval or exposure from the enemy. Now, that just wasn't our thing. So, But what right. happened was they kind of took advantage of people not knowing that we were still doing what we started out to do. And then they came Mm -hmm. up with this plan of how to make sure that we're not able to come forward, knowing that our anniversary is coming, that we're now doing what we call from March to Movement. And as such, now really bring forward what it is that we really are ready to do. So they came up with this thing of, oh, well, we're going to do a million women March. And that's why it's mm-hmm. so important that our people – that's right, brother, your program is so important because history, history, if we do not understand how, I mean, that is so powerful, other people get it. That's why they try to change it and try to create, you right, know, exactly. some illusion about it. So this is what they right. did with the Million Woman March because they figured, oh, they're dormant now. They're not doing anything. Well, They were in for a big surprise because when they attempted to use our name, sisters popped up from everywhere and really let them know that, oh, y'all got to be out of your cotton-picking minds if you think you're going to do that one. So they then, (laughs) of course, ended up changing the name to the Women's March on Washington, and they were also exposed in that this was white females attempting to use our name. Mm -hmm. It was bad enough that somebody was attempting to use our name, but then – white females, when in fact you know right. this was a exclusively black woman's, Million Woman March was unequivocally about and for black women, African women, melanated women, period. No apologies. Right. So for them to do that was not only disrespectful, that was an act of war. And we knew it. Mm-hmm. So it then yeah. got worse when they attempted to put some faces of color in there and make it seem like, oh, this is about all women. It was never about all women. It was about money, and it was about political control because the feminist groups were upset with the fact that Hillary Clinton had lost. They didn't care if it was Mm -hmm. Trump, really. Uh, It could have been bozo. But the Mm -hmm. problem was that Hillary didn't win. That was the problem for them.
1: It made it worse. It made it. It made it even worse that it was Trump. Also, it made it even worse that it was Trump.
3: It did. It did. But But they they were able to get mileage off of that. See, you know, again, the one thing that we really need to understand to a greater extent is we talk about, uh, I call it attempted global white supremacy. We talk about it, but you have to begin to really. Study it and understand how that game is played. So while right. on one hand, there was a valid reason, yes, obvious, mm-hmm. Trump. But right. brother and sister, let me tell you, that was not really it. I'm telling you what I know because I've studied these right. people. Now, my point is this. So they, right. so they took – so they utilized what was the obvious, and that was anti-Trump, right. anti-Trump. Now – That was the way they were able to maneuver and get black women to be a part of something that really had nothing to do with them. They used our sympathy or, shall I say, our anger or rage or whatever against Trump to corral us into their thing because they knew that the sentiment was anti-Trump. But note, what was the goals and objectives for black women for that? If you ask the black woman well, that attended that or got involved in that, they can't tell you what the goal and objective was for them. They might tell well, you well, something about all women, but still. I'm sorry, brother, go ahead.
1: Let me say this, because I saw interviews with various African-American women. We know that they had, we know Janelle Monet performed things like this. So for many African-American women, they were there, because they were pushing for issues pertaining to the African-American community. For instance, police brutality, the uh, unjust killing of unarmed African-Americans. They, they, they were pushing, many of them, many African-American women, were um, pushing and coalescing uh, and uniting around issues pertaining to them, saving the Affordable Health Care Act, different things like this. Um, that was within the larger... Uh, the larger protests, which is organized by white feminists who brought in right. uh, yeah. women of color. They brought in Tamika Mallory. They brought in Janae Ingram. They brought in Carmen Diaz, okay, from um, the New York Justice League. They brought in Lisa Sarzor, okay. Um, so, so you had uh, many African-American women who were not fair to, quote, unquote, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but I'm just I'm just trying to give people some background mm-hmm. information on there. You had African yes. American women who went there not to unite with white feminists, but they were there to unite around issues that they were pushing pertaining to the African American community. Go ahead.
3: And and brother, I say yes, that sounds good. And yes, mm-hmm. it is a fact to some degree, but I'm telling you, as I'm sure you and, and, and others know, trickery is very interesting. And so right. the one thing that we've learned about some of our teachers have taught us about the devil and that the mm-hmm. devil is the master or the mistress of confusion. So what that also entails is the capability to manipulate and maneuver information and circumstances. Now, in this case, of course, we have valid stuff, healthcare, this and that, but here's the question. When five black women were killed in 2015 Mm -hmm. in the month of July and may, it might've been six actually Either while in the custody of police or directly murdered by police, I would love to ask of all of those women that you just named,
0: what did
1: mm-hmm. they do? Actually, I'll check on that because I know that um, with them, I, I, I'll check on that because really. No note,
3: I don't want you to just tell me about Sandra Bland because, see, again, I do uh, critical analysis.
1: No, there right. okay. yeah, were five. Okay. Cause I, cause
0: right, okay.
3: there were
1: five, because I covered it on my show. I have articles dealing okay. with all five, and how in mainstream media, that was not right. really covered. Okay, right. and in African-American big, right. media, we talked about That's right. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: but at the same time, let now let's rewind and let's examine that again. Other than mm-hmm. Sandra Bland, right, who mm-hmm. had right. connections with organizations, it's, and was in a sorority and so forth and so on. These other four women had none of that. And the exposure on their cases or on their murders was minimum at best. And then mm-hmm. afterwards you had others. Curring games. You had, uh, right. I mean, my point is this.
1: I, See, and, and I'm and not going to go
3: in, for, right, that was in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was my, point, my, my point... It, my point it, it, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: No. And I'm sorry because I'm hearing the echo. So if I'm talking over you, it's because I'm hearing like two things going oh, okay. on at one time. Me, I'm not sure why, but it,
1: uh, it's like a... Uh, uh, let me turn that uh, Okay. I was okay. It should be better. now. I'm trying to justify him on this end. Okay.
3: Okay. okay yeah, great. To, yeah, that's that's a little better. Okay. So I'm like hearing one thing. I'm trying to answer them. Uh, anyway. Oh, <laughs> but, but my point is that... My point is this, brother. Um, see, I've watched these people over the years, and the right. majority of them are corporate uh, endowers, I'll put it that way. Which is yeah, good, don't get me wrong. And
1: things like that. Right. They get funding a lot of times, corporations yes.
3: yes. And the one thing that I've learned about dealing with actual struggle and liberation is that what do you do? the sake of the people because it needs to be done. See, from the school that I'm taught, I'm taught that you do the work based on the needs of the people. And you do that by any and all means necessary. So then when Mm -hmm. I flip that script and I say, what do you do when you're not getting funded or paid? Right. Then it becomes a different situation. You see? And so I have to do those kind of analysis in these situations, and with the people that you named,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I have to then say, What programs do you have or have you had specifically dealing with the issues of our women and girls? If you want to jump into this thing about uh, this is the issues, that's fine. But at the same time, right. what about your own people? Because the fact of the matter is this. We are looking at things as a whole, and we should. We are very diverse. We are multifaceted, and we should do all the things that are necessary. But we have to also be intelligent. And what that means is this. We are a people who nothing has happened to anybody in this country that has happened to us. Now, of course, there's some similarities right. or some, you know, some other situations with what's known as the indigenous peoples, which were some of us too. Uh, but my point is there is a specific group of people, meaning us, that no mm-hmm. other group of people can come close to in terms of the atrocities of this country. So now. Right. What do you What are you doing in, in regards to that? So before you start going into someone else's agenda and and, mm-hmm. and let me sidetrack for one moment: How can okay. you be so concerned about health care when, in fact, you got Planned Parenthood as your sponsor? Now, I know it's, it's different, but I'm saying,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Margaret Sanger, Eugenics. You gonna mm-hmm. put that as one of your poster uh uh sponsors?
1: When you uh, sponsor, and then you wanna talk okay, to me so about say, affordable health care? So you so you're saying you're saying the uh women's march on Washington that took place in January. You're saying that Planned Parenthood was one of the sponsors of that. That's what you're talking about.
0: Well,
3: if anyone takes the time, see again, that's why I love MWM and its universal movements, because we are trained and right, right. are training if anyone takes the time, just look at the clips of the, right. the women's march. Look at the stage. Look at the banners on the stage. Right. Or right. go to the website
1: and look at the list mm-hmm. of sponsors. Right, right. I wasn't I'm not okay. disputing what you're saying. I'm trying I'm not I'm <laughs> yeah. not disputing what you're saying. I'm trying to get clarification so so listeners listening mm-hmm. sure. know what it is you're talking sure.
3: about. Sure. Okay, no, that's doubt. What, that's no doubt no doubt.
1: Okay. Right. I got okay. you, so brother. No. I you know. understand. understand. But no, but, but we the have people answer around no. the country yeah. we have people around the country listening and the and some of them may not exactly remember all that was pertaining to that march that took place back in January. So I I want I want right. to clarify what it is. Right. Okay. Go and ahead. and listen, let me let me
3: let me say this. I applaud mm-hmm. anyone that fights this government in terms of you know the the atrocities and and the injustices and all that. So let me be let me make myself clear about that, right? But right. at the same time, right. I do not appreciate nor would I sit back and allow any entity to use us as they have in the past years. By the way, to further their interests. Now, sure, there's a few of us, meaning black women, that have benefited from what what I call White female privilege Mm -hmm. You see But overall For the most part None of that stuff was was really Helpful for black women They're they're Mm -hmm. clueless You see, so So let's be real about this
1: Right This is why we have to have our own agendas And even if it's a Situation situation where, Because at the same Time there is um, There can be Power in numbers But you have to have your own agenda So you can push it So what happens, what I mean by that Is when you have um, A huge march like they did Because like in in um, Washington D.C. It was estimated This past January It was estimated that there's about a million people In Washington D.C. Right? So you have international media Attention on that Okay. So in a situation like that if you attend a march like that, you have to be clear on what your agenda is. So when you are interviewed by media and media was in, in, media from all across the country they're interviewing numerous people right you can articulate what it is why you 're there it 's not for the sisterhood it 's because of one, two, three, four, five. and you can use the um you can use these media outlets to also get your information out to people who never heard about you, don't know about your organization, whatever it is, to draw attention, to bring awareness, okay, to galvanize support around it. This this is one of the reasons. This is one of the this is one of the reasons why you have mass protests to galvanize support around your agenda and to work people into it, etc. Okay, so if you do attend um, these Mass protests, right? You have to be very clear on what your agenda is so you don't get caught up in – oftentimes you can get sidetracked if you're not clear on what your agenda is. Let me put it like that.
3: And you're you're absolutely correct, my brother, and therein lies part of the problem, and that is Mm -hmm. that the so-called powers that be know that for most there is not a clear agenda, and they exploit that. And we end up getting right. involved in these things, creating the numbers for them, because they right. know that the people who represent us, many of them, are not doing so in our best interests. They're bought and sold as well. So right, if, exactly. in fact, right. what you said was, was on point and we did, meaning as a people to a greater extent, there was a focus on an actual what some call a black agenda. Well, mm-hmm. then, yes, what you're saying makes sense, and it's reasonable, it's viable, and, and certainly. But the fact of the matter is, that is not the way it is. We are being duped, mm-hmm. we are being manipulated, and we're being parent. Right. You see, we have mm-hmm. not only cultural right. hustlers now, but we have people, and now they're in the, 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 the I won't say disguise, because it's very clear, it's not being disguised. But we have these right. issues that are being placed in front of us that is a concern and so we, at some point you have to study your enemy you you, you we love oh, to do absolutely. that i mean we've been taught to do that and so we see right. over and over and over again so yes mass gatherings can do many things and it does do right. many things and if you do have a clear agenda you can get that agenda uh, through but in that mishmash of stuff if you don't right. have an existing organization and I learned this the hard way because when I first yeah. started the Million Women March I did not have a already existing organization so when I went to go forward I could not compete my message could not get heard any further because the, the so called powers that be would block it so my point is While you go to a mass gathering and somebody might hear you that day, the ability for you to to sustain and then to build from there is almost impossible unless you are skillful and strategic enough to know how to do that. And most unfortunately aren't, obviously, because we're still dealing with the same things of representation, Brother Michael, here's here's what I've learned to do in an analysis, sure. and this is what I ask our people to begin to at least attempt to at do, and it's this, this.
0: Ask mm-hmm.
3: ourselves, where are our schools, where are our cultural centers, where are our health facilities, and things of that nature that we actually own, for lack of a better word, and operate independently. Now, when right. you do that analysis, my brother, what you're going to come up with is crickets, for the most part. In 2017, mm-hmm. wherever you go throughout the country, we are not, we're not educating our own children, which is fundamental for any people. So right. what does that say in the 21st century? That says, if you don't realize and understand the yoki doke. And that's what's going on. Yes, you can do certain things at these mass gatherings. I know, because I did one. But I did not understand at that time certain dynamics and other things. I had to learn that. Because the people who know that, they're not going to teach it to you. Because if you know it and you're trying to really do something progressive, they see you as a threat.
1: So they're not going to help you learn it. And this is why we also have to have African American owned media as well. Yes. So yes. we can get this. We can get this information out to to our people. Because my degree is in business administration with a major in marketing. Right. So I've been studying. Right. I've been studying media. 25 years, as well as African history, African-American history, things like this. Right. So this is, you know, Malcolm X is correct when he said the media is the most potent and he said the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the innocent. That's right. power
0: to right. control That's the minds right. of
1: the masses. Okay, uh, let me do this uh, very quick. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, we brought you on at uh, uh, okay. uh, You got a few more minutes, sister? I'm looking at the clock
0: here. You got a,
1: okay, all right. Um, Well, first of all, if you're just tuning in, uh, I'm Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network. You listen to the African History Network show. We're broadcasting on Blog Talk Radio, uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network show. Uh, You can listen there. You can also uh, call in and listen by phone, 914-338-1375, 914 338-1375. You can call and listen by phone. We're also broadcasting on Facebook Live, on my uh, Facebook fan page, the African History Network, the African History Network, and on my personal page, Michael M. Hotep, I M H O T E P. For those watching on Facebook, share this broadcast on your own Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in as well. And you know, you can listen to the podcasts of these shows after the show is over with as well. Um, uh, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network show, or go to our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. Uh, you can listen to the podcast there. We have almost 800 archived episodes of our shows uh, available uh, to listen to. They're free, and uh, they're also on iTunes at our iTunes channel, the African History Network show on iTunes as well, Okay. Uh, it, it you, you have time to take a, a few questions, if anybody has any questions?
3: Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Okay, so uh, if you have a question for Empress uh, Chi, uh, give us a call, 914-338-1375. Press the number one key to put you in queue so it could bring you on the air, uh, 914-338-1375. And we're posting that here on the thread of the broadcast here on Facebook Live also, 914 a thirteen seventy five, press the number one key as well. Now when you call in, we're not gonna have time for dissertations and manifestos, okay? So please, you get right to the point. All right. Okay. Uh now uh the first million woman march was in uh nineteen ninety seven, October twenty fifth, mm-hmm. 1997. Mm-hmm. How many uh, how many women showed up for that march?
3: Uh it is an estimated two point five million. The city of Philadelphia okay. gave the number of seven hundred thousand, but um, again, when you do something that's independent, of course, they will attempt to reduce your numbers, and particularly if you're someone right. who's black, and then and, and triple that with a woman. So um, right. what ended up happening was the University of Pennsylvania had done what's known as a, um aerial diagnostical study. And as such, right. mathematically, their math department uh, evaluated based on the width and the length and all of that. They came up with the number of 2.5 million. Yes. Now, what okay, needs to be good. noted is that 20 years ago there was no social media, so
0: yes.
3: for us to do two and a half million, primarily women and girls of African descent, that was considered a social phenomenon, because remember, right? While the Million Man March, of course, drew uh, brought in a million plus. There was a, already an existing organization. There was already a major figurehead. There was already uh, a capability to maneuver people all over the country because uh, NOI had mosques all over the country and parts of the world. So essentially you had everything you needed to do something like that. We had none of that. I started with my little bank any, account. No.
1: Yeah, you did not have an infrastructure already in no, place. No. No. Not at all. Right.
3: But what I had was okay. the teachings
1: mm-hmm. and the
3: training of those who had come before us. I had that.
1: Right. Right. So for this 20th anniversary, uh, let people know, and then we're going to go to the phone lines in just a minute. So mm-hmm. call in the one sixty code. I see you there. We're going to come to you in a few minutes here. Hold the line. Um, so for this for this 20th anniversary, you have events uh, October uh, 23rd through October 29th. These are all in Philadelphia. Uh, first of all, people mm-hmm. can go to the website Million Woman W O M A N William Million Woman March 20, the number 20 dot com, Million Woman March 20 uh, dot com. Uh, let people know uh, what's going to take place October 23rd through October
0: 29th. Well.
3: It's really, again, it is the first phase of the inauguration of the first global movement for all women and girls of African descent worldwide. And so this 20-year anniversary serves as a very pivotal moment in time for us because in now transforming into a movement, a movement needs to move. And so what that means is we are gonna start presenting <laughs> we're gonna start presenting yep. our real platform and plan that we call the black print. And it's spelled B, okay. capital B L A C Capital X, Capital P R I N T twenty twenty. So that means for the Spe- next three years we pretty much
0: spell it spell and, and,
3: and for those who like code and, and metaphysics and things of that niche, you're going to love this one. It's capital B, mm-hmm. A, C, capital X, capital P, R-I-N-T, all one word. And then it's okay. 2020. So it's black print. So your X is, is silent, more or less, <laughs> depending on your perspective so it's black print 2020 and again mwm has evolved into a real power base and and the way okay. it's designed it's designed in a way that is what we feel very much connected to our ancestors and our ancient practices and and, and understandings or overstandings as some say the b and the x and the p <laughs> are the main three letters in the black print. The B, I won't go into explaining what that is at the moment, but I will say what the XP is. The XP, for those who are computer savvy in terms of programming and beyond, then you know just generally XP makes reference to extra performance. That mm-hmm. was somewhat of the symbolic representation of XP. We also utilize it in other right. contexts as well. So note that for Rose. African people, exactly, yes. So African people, anyone that has studied the glyphs or has studied certain comedic structures or whatever, then you realize that certain things are somewhat symbolic, that, that, that there's messages there. And so we looked at that over the years, and we said, what's going to make us different or at least capable of advancing? And so we looked at some of the works of our people from ancient time to present day, and then formulated, no, formulated, because we have formulas for what we're doing. We don't just have programs. We have formulas because we come from a a more mathematical context. So with that said... There are illnesses that our people are suffering from, needless to say, and, and, and that is both mentally and spiritually. So our position is to apply remedies because both in law and in medicine, you had that same word, remedy. So, again, our wow. black print is based on very solid kinds of understandings. And in as such, we are committed that within the next three years, meaning 2020, And again, from a more scientific standpoint, most understand 2020 as being perfect vision. Right. So this year kicks off and takes us into next year. Next year, MWM will be 21. 21 symbolically means you're grown or you're considered to be grown. You see, so we've mapped this thing out for the next three years in such a way where we're saying we're going to have our own school or at least begin a process that will take us there. We're going to have our own health facility in our communities. We're going to start with one, right. build from there. The same thing in terms of cultural centers, because these things are fundamental for a people, you see. And so, again, we are committed to making certain that we can educate our own children. So first, in January, we offer our National Black Homeschooling Network so that those of our people that want to begin the process of taking our children out of those places.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's January, 2018, right? Hello? Empress, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Okay, we lost Empress. Okay, she'll call back in, stand by. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines quickly here. Uh, let's see. Call on the two one six area code. did you have a question or comment? Just listening two one six. Uh, last two digits are four six of the phone number. Do you have a question or comment? or Just listening to the show.
4: I do. Yeah, I have a question. Greetings, but Michael, greetings. Um, I have a question okay. for the Empress. I don't know if she can hear the question. Okay. But
1: we, we got. I'll it. go ahead. We'll just hold on one okay. second. She called back in. I'm gonna bring her back on. So just one second, okay. All right, let's bring it okay. back on. Okay, Empress, okay. we have you back. Yes,
0: you I'm here. <laughs>
1: okay. Your call dropped. It's okay. All yes. right, so um we um we have a question uh here for you mm-hmm. as well, okay? Uh okay, sure. sister, tell us what's your what's your name, where you're calling from.
4: My name is Angela. I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio. So
0: okay, my Angela question Ohio. is
4: Yes, 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 thanks, brother. My question to the Empress is with the condition of Uh, Black people today, both, you know, our internal issues, we have, you know, just our issues, divisions amongst one another and um, what they call the hotel hustlers and people (laughs) are sleepwalking. You know, we have a lot of conditions, uh, programming, all of that. Um,
5: And with the external.
4: Yeah. And with the um, external conditions we have the political environment, you know, um cultural, social and just even the geographical environment which we find ourselves in. Do you foresee the million women movement um moving forward, you know, with the black man or moving forward without the black man?
3: Well, you know, sister, and and thank you for that question. Um It it is without a doubt, and and that is one of the reasons why we have taken on a position that represents wholesomeness as well as holisticness, and that is to say that um, we don't, you know, speak against people uh, unless you pressure us to do so, Uh, but, you know, and I'm saying that to say that what people do with their business and their lives is, 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 is their business. But, but MWM focuses on the family. We focus on our traditions as a people. And, and African right. traditions are steeped. I don't care what part you go to throughout the diaspora. Historically speaking, we are steeped in family from a context of it being in a natural form. Okay, now I know that might mean something different to certain people, but without me going all into (laughs) it, uh, I don't want to do that at this moment. I mean, again, if you ask me, I'll tell you, but at the moment, I'm just going to say that um, we love our brothers. We all are, are dealing with issues and problems as a people that have been, for the most part, as far as we're concerned, put forth by a common but not so common enemy. And once we begin to understand that, as brothers and sisters, as black men and black women, we will be better. We'll better be in, be in a better position to to deal with the the conflicts and the other things that are happening with us as man and woman. So to go back to the sister's question, um, I, I will say right now I'm a little disheartened because I had hoped that our brothers would have heard our call to call out to the black man to come stand with us for our anniversary. This is our day. This is our time. We deserve this. You know, we're not waiting for Mother's Day, for somebody to validate us. We're validating ourselves. We wanted our brothers to, to support us. Come join us, but, but join us in, in the manner of let the world see you there, supporting us but also protecting us. And that's the call-out we took, put to the black man, to join us and let the world see you as the black man standing with your black woman. And, again, right. I'm, I'm a little disheartened from the response, but, and going back to the sister's question, um, for me, there could be nothing else but a black man, Period. So, yes, I, right, see,
0: exactly. I see difficult
3: times. <laughs> I mean, I, look, really? Look, you know what? I'm going to tell this quick story. There are people who okay. say that I'm a little arrogant, that I'm a little egotistic. Uh, actually, they say I'm a lot dead because um, I speak what I say, and I don't care. But, but right. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I had black men as a child in my life. Okay, and I was all of that the chips, the popcorn you name it in their world. I was it, I was the princess for lack of a better word. You understand? Right. So I grew up right. being cared for, loved, and you did not dare touch me. You understand? So, my point is that right. I'm the way I am now, probably because black men made sure that I was strong, that I was strong, that I was loved, that I would take no stuff from nobody. You understand? So right. I'm saying that to say, it was black men that showed me that of uh, black men. They loved me, and I knew it. Yeah. You understand? So this is why it's so important that our men had a certain high relationship with their daughters. You see, because Absolutely. there are certain things there, I'm telling you, it is, it's is—it's life-fulfilling, life-fulfilling. So going back to the sister's question, <laughs> um, I am, right. uh, to a great degree, I am who and what I am because I know the true love of a black man.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All I right. Say- Excellent. All- now, Angela, you, are you going to be able to make it to the uh, any of the days of the uh, 20th anniversary coming up uh, October 23rd through October 29th in Philadelphia?
4: Yes, I plan to be there the entire week. I want to get there for the conventions, um, the rally, and definitely I'm an alumni of the 97 March I actually attended back in 1997. I was in graduate school. Okay. I'm at the University of Kentucky, and we got on the bus and rode, you know, all the way to Philly, and it just really changed my life to be around that many dynamic uh, black women in one place. The energy, you know, it just was incredible. So 20 years later, I still remember that, and I would not miss it at all. I would definitely be there. Are you going to be there, Brother Michael?
1: At, in uh, yeah, you know, I talked to uh, the sister about the talked to Empress uh, Chi about it today. So uh, I'm looking at uh, trying to be there on the on that Saturday and Sunday. That's the uh, 28th and 29th. I got to figure that out, which means if I'm there on Sunday, I got to let the radio station know I can't do my show Sunday night. So (laughs) that's Sunday night. So uh, I'm trying to juggle that, but I'm I'm definitely trying to be there uh, that Saturday and Sunday. So I got to figure that out because I am in Chicago. This would be the fourth state I'll be in this month.
0: I was in Atlanta
1: this past weekend. The beginning of the month, I was in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm in Chicago uh, this Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, I'll be in Philadelphia. It looks like the 29th and the 30th. I mean, 28th and 29th. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm all over the place. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) So how many many of you all
0: are coming? Oh, go ahead. Well, let me just
3: add this because I think it's important that people know that we don't want people to see this as a march, Per se. This yeah. is our mm-hmm. inauguration or the beginning of putting, uh, establishing our movement nationwide and worldwide. This, of course, is going to activate several things. For example, we are going to, we're preparing to install 20 Sister Saints. So with the Million Woman March and its universal movements, we now have memberships and other task forces that are being formed and so forth to make certain that in these next three years, we are literally addressing some of these issues. So we're looking at think tanks and other kinds of things to assure that we're able to really deal with productivity. So, again, that day is also an ancestral Uh, tribute procession that day, right? We start off with that, paying tribute to the ancestors, walking in a manner that will enable us to make certain, we're going to have posters and signs and things with pictures and names of our ancestors from antiquity to present day. This again is something that is important in, in, in developing our movement and moving forward. Also we call it a black power, holistic, healing walk because we have to begin to start healing but we're also using this time for three important things one to bring attention to the increase and the types of violence of our women and girls two Mm -hmm. we're going to show also that as a family we charge genocide. So the Million Woman March is committed within these next three years to obtain at least a million signatures that we will begin taking next year to the United Nations charging genocide. And lastly, we're going to bring attention to the Constitution, because as you were talking earlier, my brother, about Colin Kaepernick, one of the things we're doing on the 28th is something called – it's a rally on the 28th, and we're calling it the Declarations of Violations. Because we want our people to understand we can't amply address a situation if you don't understand the origin of it. It's like any kind of illness. They try to figure out where did it start at, you see? What was the cause of it? Well, we're Mm -hmm. saying that part of some of what we're experiencing came from that Constitution and that it's a valid point, and we encourage our women in particular don't have your children pledging no allegiance to no flag that has murdered our right. people. Don't be singing right. a song so 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 this movement now reinforces things that have already been taught, but now in the present day takes a position lastly on that, we now heard, as you mentioned earlier, that n f l teams are banning uh players from you know kneeling right. Our position now is yeah. right. Opposition is this: Here's our message. If you ban them, we're banning you. And here's how it goes: right. We know what products that are your sponsors. And right. on October 28th and October 29th, we are going to be able to say, if those who were brave enough, courageous enough, and bold enough to do what they're doing and have done, then we are brave enough, bold enough, and ready enough to say we're not going to buy these products. Now, you take it. Absolutely. Pay. You take
1: it. Absolutely. Well, we have to we have to understand the concept of redistributing the pain through economic withdrawal strategies. Yes. And this is something that Dr. Yes. King uh, taught us, and he talked about this uh, April 3rd, 1968, in his last speech, I've Been to the Mountaintop. You yes. know, uh yeah. on the television they show you like the last two minutes of the speech. But uh if, if the speech was forty five minutes and he talked about economic boycotts, he talked about redistributing the pain to those inflicting pain upon us. He told them in Memphis, Tennessee to go out and tell their friends to boycott uh Coca Cola, heart bread, Wonder bread and yeah. still test milk because of the discriminatory right. hiring practices. You know, So, yeah, we have to uh, engage in uh, targeted, sustained economic withdrawal strategies, absolutely. Okay, well, Angela, thanks for calling.
3: Well, that's why, going back to what you were saying earlier about how a crowd or how uh, a large gathering can do something. See, this is proactive. We have the yeah. crowd. We're going to have the crowd. And now we're able to say, and this yeah. is what we're going to do. Not go. Absolutely. Not once you get back home. This is what you going. This is what we're going to do. You see, we have a plan of action ready for yeah, you yeah. right now. Now, one right. other thing about that too is this. On today, of course, we said this is the 22 anniversary for the Million Man March. We are inviting: right. Colin Kaepernick and, and uh, Jenkins from Philly, uh, the Eagles, because he also, you know, took oh, knees and others. Yeah, yeah, we're inviting all of them yes. to join us. Because we we're going to show yeah. a united front and not front and not black people just fronting. So
5: right. today, <laughs> to, so, right.
3: so today now again Million Man March yes, but also we are inviting Tommy, brother Tommy, um, oh gosh his name just escaped me. It'll come back to me. Oh, a- yeah. and, and, and Carlos, yeah, um, John Carlos, John Carlos, yeah. right. John- and I met yeah. one of mm-hmm. them when, I, when I, uh, I got an honorary doctor's degree a few years ago, and he was getting it at the same time. So we met them. Okay. Tommy Smith, Tommy Smith. Now, yeah. we're going to invite them, too, because what you're mm-hmm. seeing with, with Kaepernick and others is what? Something similar that happened in nineteen sixty eight I believe it was, and what day was that on
1: mhm october sixteenth that yeah Today. october sixteenth yes that's right yeah yeah, that's
3: right, see how we connect those black dots.
1: Oh, absolutely. We have to connect. And that, and that ties into history. That ties into history. And a people's history and culture teaches them how to deal with the problems of the past in the present and the future. How to deal That's with the right. problems of the past the present and the future to uh, meet the needs of the community. Exactly. Okay. Uh, right. All right, Angela, thanks for calling in, okay? Keep listening. All right, Angela, All right, Brother Peace.
5: Yeah.
1: All right. Okay. And let me try to get this other call here. Uh, okay. Quickly here, okay, caller, other caller in the 216 area, code. Uh do you have a question or comment or just listen to the show?
6: Well, all of the Call above, up. listening <laughs> to the show, and um, okay. since it's a family affair, I'll let everybody know that uh, this is yeah. Brother Darrell from Cleveland. of the hey, team, uh, w- right. Unity Movement, and uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to just stop in and say hello to you, Brother and also to the Empress and to Sister Angela, and also let your listening audience know that uh, on this day, 22 years ago, you know, more than a million men, black men, got together in Washington and stood up for what's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now right. we're asking the brothers to do it again, and that's to stay mm-hmm. in support of our queens to make sure they're protected and respected so they can do their thing on October the 29th, and actually that whole week. So if you have a mother, uh, a daughter, a wife, girlfriend, sister, cousin, someone who is participating in the Million Woman March 20-year reunion and commemoration, I suggest you, hey, go to the website and and support them, support this this worldwide event. That is going to be one of the most historical uh, events of our time uh, You can be a part of it by doing that So, you know, brothers, it's time to check in Black men, it's time to check in It's a call to the brothers to step forward And assist these women and what they're doing And I just wanted to relay that message And thank everybody once again For the great work that they're doing In support of the Million Woman March Thank you
0: Thank you very much. Okay,
1: Thank you. we love our black once men. The, <laughs> absolutely. So once again, the um uh, the website is Million Woman millionwomanmarchthenumber twenty dot com. Million Woman twenty dot com. We have two of their flyers on the homepage of our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. africanhistorynetwork.com. dot com. dot com. We have two of their flyers there and we have a link to your website. Uh, on our website, on the home page. Also, for more information, you can call area code 267 267-636-3802, uh, 267-636-3802. Uh, this is October 23rd through the 29th, so we know October 23rd the through the 27th, they have the Million Woman March 20 from March to Movements Convention. They're going to have workshops town hall meetings, uh, open forums. They're going to show films. Uh, there's an African marketplace. You can go to their website, and they'll have a breakdown of uh, what's taking place. Then on October 25th, they have the International African Women's Solidarity and Appreciation Day, International African Women's Solidarity and Appreciation Day, uh, a million black, uh, million, uh, African women and uh will wear white to end all forms of gender related violence and abuse, and then uh we know october twenty eighth uh the declaration of violations rally uh, that's on that saturday uh and this is when they'll talk about the u s constitution speak out and protest uh uh demonstration with greater attention to the de facto and de jure uh misrepresentation, fraud, and subsequent human rights violations uh, from the time of its conception to today. So better understanding that history, which is tied to the 13th Amendment, which was uh, ratified December 6, 1865, adopted December 18, 1865. That was after the end of the Civil War. And then October have, which is Sunday, the uh, last day, Million Women March 20 anniversary reunion. Million Women March 20 anniversary reunion. So tell us about that on, the, on Sunday the 29th, the anniversary. What's going to take place there and where, where will it be?
3: Well, we're going to assemble what's known as City Hall here in Philadelphia. And again, our operations tend to be very strategic because we really embrace. Uh, our, our queens, our, our mothers, uh, we talk about Mother Harriet Tubman, our menta We talk about Ya Asantawa. Uh By the way, tomorrow is Ya Asantawa Day, y'all. That's tomorrow, okay? Uh, okay. We talk about, you know, Nzinga and others. And so where is the exemplification uh, and, and demonstration of, of women such as these? So we make certain that we hail them up and and continue their legacy. So in developing the reunion, we're going to start at 7 a.m. assembly at so-called City Hall here in Philadelphia. And see, this walk or procession that we have is to also kind of formulate or let people see the real historical connections to white supremacy. Because Philadelphia was, in fact, the first capital of the United States. It's where the first White House existed. But what people, many don't know is that, that's right. The crack bell is still here in Philly. This is where the Declaration of Independence was signed or the Constitution. This is where it was all done. And so, again, our concept is in order to address the situation adequately, you have to be more in tune to from whence it comes, the origins You see, so now we're going to connect to that reality, and we're going to walk this street in Philly from City Hall, which, by the way, was inspired by one of the buildings in Nazi Germany, okay? The structure, the architectural layout for the City Hall in Philadelphia was kind of designed based on a building in Germany. We then go straight down Market Street, and there are some who believe that Market Street was was called Market Street for other reasons, uh, but we're still trying to research that. But at any rate, we walk down Market Street, we go to what's known as the Slave Memorial, uh, the Slave House Memorial. And this is exactly where George Washington did, in fact, have his slave house next to the White House. And there's a plaque there that says it. Uh, based on the good work the great work that a, a black man here in philly did the research and as a result ended up uh, making certain that the city acknowledged not just george washington but the fact that the man had these slaves there so there's a literally right, a, so, a federal plaque there now so we go right, there right, so we do was, libation.
1: this is when the white house was in philadelphia This is when the White House was was first in Philadelphia because George Washington did not live at the White House in Washington, D.C. The first president to do that. Second president, John Adams, okay, so just so people understand this. Go ahead. That's right.
3: And so, again, this is to help people to realize how serious and committed we are to dealing with these issues but also to truth. And so this procession, Mm -hmm. this walk that we're doing, that's why we're not really calling it a march, You know, people can if they want, but it's a little more intense than that. And, again, it's steeped (laughs) with history. It's deep. That's why it's such a perfect program to be on, because the way we designed this, it will truly edify uh, our people in terms of some real historical things. So, okay, we go from City Hall to the Slave House Memorial. From there, we go to a place called Congo Square. And Congo Square is said to be, it used to be the African burial ground, which ended up being uh, laid over with with uh, other soil and stuff. And then they put the, the statues of their war heroes on top of the graves. So there's a big debate about that in the city. Uh, and so at some point it will turn into a big fight. But we're going to go to Congo Square because that area is not being treated in in the proper manner and so we want attention brought to that then from congo square we go to a place known as the old coffee house well there's a plaque there that clearly says that this is where they sold us it's at front in market street okay and then from there the last stop we go over to what used to be called delaware avenue which for those who know a little history about uh, so-called Indians, there was a group of Indians known as the Delaware Indians, and the street was literally mm-hmm. named for them. Uh, they were also had different other so-called tribes known as the Lenape and others, but Delaware was a very popular name for this group. Well, wouldn't you know it, a few years ago, Delaware Avenue became Columbus Boulevard. Well, now, let's take a good look at that. (laughs) So
1: so they named it after Christopher Columbus.
3: Yes, indeed, and put a big monument up there to talk about what a great man he was. Well, let me tell you, that's getting ready to get really kind of turned over a bit because that's where we're going, and we're going to talk about the real Christopher Columbus and uh so forth and so on so that's the last stop and from me, there we will let me know if you celebrate. want
1: me to talk about that yeah let me know if you want to talk oh, about that I do, that. brother. I we the, talked about
3: that earlier yeah, yeah i do absolutely because
1: yeah, when i teach about when i teach about the transatlantic slave trade i deal with the 800-year occupation of europe by the africans sure. known as the moors and then i deal with how that leads to christopher columbus setting selling his four voyages right. And, right. and uh, it's important for people to understand, Columbus never came to the land we call the United States of America. He never came mm-hmm. to this land. The closest he came is Cuba, which is 90 miles away. So why they have these statues, of, and there's one here in Detroit of Christopher Columbus, and there's a movement to get it taken down. Why they have these statues of Columbus here in the, in the 48 contiguous states, that doesn't even make sense. You know. So, uh, <laughs> So once again, just like these Confederate monuments, people really need to understand history. Uh, you know, because you have people who are saying we need to preserve the Confederate monuments, and they talk about General Lee and things like this. Well, General Lee was against having Confederate monuments after the Civil War ended. He was against using the Confederate battle flags or Confederate flags after the Civil War ended also. So people have to understand history. Okay, so – Absolutely. Um, all right, so that is on the – you were telling us what was going on on the ninth. There so there's a lot going on on the 29th. Right, uh, right. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and finish. And then after we go
3: again, that's the last stop. Columbus Boulevard is the last stop and we'll be set up there with a stage. And then we're going to celebrate because it is near the river. And uh, again, this is where they brought us in at, you see. And so we want to make certain that people understand that we understand. And not only that, that we are now prepared to go to the next step to take our rightful places and now to fight for what is rightfully ours. So our message is not just about civil rights. It is indeed about human rights and natural rights. Yes. And uh, this right. reunion activates what we now, you know, consider to be, you know, they had something called manifest destiny. Well, we have a divine yes. destiny and and it's up to us right. now to own it and to make it
0: manifest.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, when we talked earlier, you talked about supporting African-American-owned businesses uh, yes. for people travel, people people there in Philadelphia. Talk about that for a minute,
3: yes. please. Well, what we learned 20 years ago is not to make the same mistakes. <laughs> I mean, not that it wasn't okay. uh, so much as a mistake, but certainly, you know, there were things that we just didn't understand. I know I didn't. And most
0: didn't.
3: Right. Uh, Women March generated $25 million that they reported. And so, uh, Mm -hmm. and we made not one dime from any of that, by the way. Well, what we've decided to do this time is this. We want our people to come, enjoy the city, and we're going to have places for you that we recommend that you go. Freedom theater. The uh, Paul Robeson House, and others. We're going to have a listing of places that you can visit in Philadelphia that are black. But what we're also mm-hmm. saying to our people is that when they go Philly, that please refrain from any excessive spending. Actually, any spending, if possible. I mean, you're going to have to spend something, obviously. But we do not want mm-hmm. our people to come here and spend a lot of money with other people. We have vendors, merchants, we have wonderful quality things for, for our people, and we are really, really impressing upon everyone to please come and pur- make your purchases at our marketplace, okay? Uh, right. and So with that said… Um, you know, you you will come, some will come directly to the location where we are. Some, if you are going to be catching a train in or the, or uh, other kinds of public transportation, you'll have to come to the center city first. But we're asking you to keep it moving. Keep it moving. Right. Because unless right. we designate otherwise, because this is political and it is about business too. And we're saying if right. people want to respect our dollar, so we're going to make Absolutely. sure that we have a little more control over where our dollars are going. We have to at least try to do that. Now, we can't uh, prevent the hotel thing. There's nothing we can do about that. People do need to use the hotels, you see. But Mm -hmm. beyond that, if they're not going to have some negotiation with us that's realistic, we're saying, no, 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 no,
1: no. Family, bring your dollars
3: to our people
1: yeah yeah well you, you you don't spend your dollars with people that don't respect you okay this is this is and this is something during the civil rights movement this is something they utilize economic boycotts and yeah. the mo the longest the longest economic boycott wasn't the, the montgomery bus boycott which lasted 381 days, lasted from December 5th, 1955, to December 20th, 1956. That's the one people know about the most. But if you look at the one in Alabama, that lasted four years. That was from 1957 to 1961, and most people don't right. even know about that one. And, and, and that one, they said that they were not going to spend their dollars with people that were uh, working against them, people who were trying to harm them, and right. uh, the African Americans Tuskegee, right. they drove round trip eighty miles to Montgomery, Alabama, to buy groceries and things like this. Okay, so we really have to. Um, uh, study that history. So you're going to have an a, a African marketplace there. Now, is the African marketplace indoors or outdoors? How does that work?
3: That's going to be indoors. Actually, it will be in the hotel that is right near the area. Uh, because again, okay. we want to maximize because we're going to use the reunion also as a business kind of expo. So essentially, okay. with the Million Women March now being a movement, we've created these components. One is called In the Black. Uh, we, okay. This is a business entity of MWM, a membership entity. And so we're literally on a national level obtaining members for In the Black. And this is going to kick that off, okay. meaning we're showcasing showcasing black businesses. And we want to do it in a way that is really nice. We want to present it in a certain kind of manner because this is an ongoing.
1: Empress, okay. Empress dropped. Okay, she'll call back in. We'll get her back on in just a minute. She said this is ongoing. She's talking about in the black uh, we have the information at our website africanhistorynetwork.com africanhistorynetwork.com we have the information there we have the flyers there and we have a link to their website which is millionwomenmarch.com millionwomenmarch.com uh so definitely come on out uh people people women are coming from across the country and men as well uh definitely come on out for this even if you can't stay uh, from from October 23rd to October 29th. Definitely come for one or two days. We know the most number of people will definitely, you know, of course, be there that Saturday and uh, that Saturday and Sunday, October 28th, October 29th as well. And we definitely want to recycle the African American dollar. We have to uh, uh, focus on economic withdrawal strategies and redistribute the pain to those inflicting pain upon us through economic withdrawal strategies. And, you know, I talk about uh, economic guerrilla warfare and the three principles of economic guerrilla warfare are redistribute, redirect, and renegotiate, redistribute, redirect, and renegotiate, Uh, redistribute the pain of those inflicting pain upon us through economic withdrawal strategies, redirect dollars to African-American owned businesses, so we can become the number one employers of our own people just like every other ethnic group in this country and renegotiate our relationship with corporate America as well by redirecting dollars to um, African-American-owned businesses in the forms of vendor contracts, uh, advertising dollars with uh, advertising agencies, uh, distributorships, things like this, just like they do with everybody else, okay? All right, right. so we have Empress Empress Chi back. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you you left off talking about in the black and you said this is ongoing.
3: Absolutely. Again, uh, we are a movement now, so we have to ask ourselves, how are we going to continue to not only sustain, but to move forward? So I've created components whereby very soon uh, any of our black businesses will be able to become in the black members on a national level. And how that's going to operate is in several ways. For example, now, we know that the so-called holiday season is coming up. Well, NWM is looking just yet, but hopefully by Black History Month, to have a catalog, a catalog that will feature uh, various products. Now, the first product line we're looking for is we want our people that make uh, shea butter products for hair, skin, any kind of personal body care we're literally recruiting brothers and sisters that make those products throughout the country. We want them to send them to us so that we can sample them, etc. If they're selected, we will feature them in the catalog in February. In other words, we plan to be a national distributor for our people who have quality natural products. And we've gone, right. we've gone all over this country. You've been to different events, my brother, and you've seen some of the mm-hmm. wonderful products that our people have. But the problem, one of the problems, has been the lack of capability of marketing. So we're saying yes. to them, bring your products to the reunion. Because our intention wow. is starting in February, we will literally begin to ma- to be able to move your product. If you're making it in Atlanta, we can get your product in other cities. Again, this is an initiative from MWM because we'll be training our sisters first, and then we'll expand it, but we're going to target our sisters first. We're going to be training them in sales. We're going to follow the model of okay. Madam C.J. Walker. Not the straightening (laughs) comb thing, the business comb thing, okay?
1: And it's a she didn't invent.
3: I know, I know, brother. Yeah, she
1: didn't invent the straightening comb. I know, I know. uh, (laughs) I I, I teach about Malice. I I do a presentation called uh, "Great African Women in History: The Mothers of Civilization." So I teach about Malice. But I, but I teach about her mentor, Annie Turmo Malone, because Annie Turmo Malone was the one who Absolutely. actually created the black hair care industry. Yeah, And Absolutely. I've done sales training in the past because I come from the business world. So I've been studying and I've been in some aspect of sales for 25 years. I've done okay. corporate, you know, I've done. Uh, sales training and all different types of things like this. So I'm very familiar with it, but yes.
3: And, and you uh, know, it's it's interesting that you're saying that because um, there's only a few groups in the U S that kind of acknowledged MWM as being as ingenious as it is. One of those schools right. was MIT MIT wanted to pick my brain because they realized it was something else going on here. Uh, but I didn't mm. give them but so much information. But the other group, I, I have to say, <laughs> I'm really proud of them. And, and let me just share with you what right. a group that was. The MBAs over at the Wharton School of Business. I received mm. an award from the, the MBAs, the black MBAs from the Wharton School of Business. Okay. Because they looked okay. at the Million Woman March and knew that, no, this right here, somebody knows right. something. You see, because of the way right. it was done. And so right. I'm well, saying that to say that we fashioned something now that we know. No, what is it called? In the black. Why?
1: In the black. You know, mm-hmm. in the well, world we of finance. Black profit. Yeah, black right. profit. And <laughs>
3: finance, you're yep. either in the red or you're in the black. Yeah. Exactly. Right, exactly. So that's yeah. why we call it. We call it in the black 360, 365, meaning all across the board. Every day.
1: And and for those who don't know, well, Wharton School of Business. That's at the University of Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly, yes. right? Yes, the that's University correct. So Wharton, Wharton School of Business is one of the top business schools in the country. That's right? correct. <laughs> and, uh, so for the for the uh, African American MBA students at the Wharton School of Business to yes. uh, give. An award, you know, that meant they really paid attention to the Million yeah. Women March. And right. uh, I explained to people, because uh, I've taught entrepreneurship, I, I've done business consulting mm-hmm. for seven years and I taught entrepreneurship mm-hmm. as well. And I explained to entrepreneurs, you know, especially African American entrepreneurs, probably the sale, sales skills that's like the number one, uh, that's probably the most important uh, skill set you can uh, have in, mm-hmm. in business. Mm-hmm. You no, know, because those mm-hmm. miles don't get fed and, and sales is the lifeblood of of mm-hmm. a business. So that's extremely important. Okay, once again, the website is Million Woman March Twenty, the number twenty dot com. Million Woman March twenty dot com. You can become a vendor. Uh visit the website. Uh they have information there to become a vendor. Um and yeah, uh, can uh, I think you're looking for sponsors? Also, is that correct? That's yes, definitely.
3: I mean, we really need our, the support of our people because we uh, we we took the chance, or I won't say chance, but you know, we believe in our people. We do. We always have, mm-hmm. and always will. Right. Um, and what that means is we've turned down corporate sponsoring. We've been offered thousands of dollars to uh, promote other people, and we refuse to do it. And so and we're asking right. our people to pay close attention to those that do, particularly those items right. that are so unhealthy. For our people to be promoting yes. that amongst ourselves is insane in this day. But, yes, we do. We really need <laughs> sp- sponsors. Uh, part, we call them partners. But, but also, yeah. um, you know, just your general support in, in whatever way. But definitely we, we want a partner. We want to do business. Let's do business. We have something that's marketable here. Okay, let's be real. Let's talk, business. Right. let's talk shop for a moment. We right. have something that is marketable, My dad, it's marketable here that, that you know, can give exposure that you normally would not get. But we are also interested in building relationships. That's something else. So we're not just looking for a shot for now. We want to really connect with brothers and sisters, particularly that have quality services and products. Because I, we, we created something called the M4. Million Woman Marsh is okay. also in this movement aspect. We are about business for certain. So we've we created something right. called the M4. M4 is media, marketing, manufacturing, and merchandising. These are operations we that. that we are now media, marketing, mm-hmm. manufacturing, mm-hmm. and merchandising. Again, okay. how do you keep moving? Because we are going to be absolutely, totally independent, meaning totally, you know, moving forward based on how we're able to invest and do da 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 The point is this. We want to do business with our people. We know how to market. We know and understand media. We have these skills right. and capabilities. We've already demonstrated that, <laughs> so obviously. So now we want to do business with our people. And let us... Help move your product, you see, all across the board. We're creating our own speakers bureau. Hint, hint, Brother Michael, hint, hint, uh, yes. that we'll start in, <laughs> in February. But, again, we know okay. what to do. To have our own speakers bureau, right. we will market. You understand? Uh, th- these are just right. some of the components. The In the Black, there's going to be a card next year. We're going to let, let our people have a In the Black card. So that you will know the mm-hmm. listing of our in the black merchants who will offer you ten percent, twenty percent discount on their items. This is business, Absolutely. but it's business in a way Absolutely. from a black perspective for a purpose. We believe in Nia. We believe in all the Inguza Saba, but we Nia also perfect. are bringing yes. forward right. But we also are bringing forward what we call the Myotic Epoch, a time for Ma'ad, mm-hmm. an epoch, an era in time for what. Truth, justice, harmony, reciprocity, yes, yes. righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's how we do business. Yep,
1: the seven principles of Ma'at. My Ma'at my sure. is, for those who don't know, is uh, a netter, um, a deity coming out of ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt. Uh, which is the personification of truth, justice, righteousness, harmony, balance, order, and reciprocity. Okay, yep. so yep. you'll see her depicted as a, a woman with wings and yes. uh, an ostrich feather in yeah. her headband. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, okay, so once again, the website is Million Woman March Twenty, the number twenty dot com. Million Woman March, mm-hmm. uh, the number twenty dot com, and mm-hmm. Um, need our uh, you all need our support. Now, any idea about how many uh, people you are expect this time? Any idea?
3: Well, you know what? I, I'm going to be honest and say that that's not really sure. our objective right now. Um, our okay. objective is is more about quality, not quantity. Okay. So, so we're not looking for a million. I, I would I would dare say I wouldn't be surprised, but that's not our real objective right. at this point. This okay. is our launching. Now we'll tell you that next year, we definitely plan to have a million because it's designed mm-hmm. that way. We will be in New York. We will take the first uh, batch of signatures charging genocide to the United Nations, and it will be a mass assembly just as brother Malcolm right. X had wanted us to do. You see, we know that. Right. And so we're going to do that. And again, um, we know it. that mass gathering is going to also be a convention dealing with genocide because we want okay. that understood amongst the nation. That's why we're going to do this in New York because that is where those nations are represented. And so we are going to have the right. dialogue. We're going to have a big indaba, a genocide indaba, you see. Hmm. And so, again, we know what our numbers are going to be. But, see, we're not trying to creep hype. And, and going back to what you were saying earlier about what mass gatherings can do and all of that, we know that. We've already done that. Right now we right. have to look at what is going to enable us to not only you know continue the work that our people have done over these years, how we really bring that into the 21st century and beyond. We've got to look at that. So we're expecting, right. I would say, anywhere from 100,000 to 500,000. I'm I'm pretty confident Those, those are good that.
1: numbers. Those, those are good are numbers. Good numbers. Yeah, but,
3: but at the same time, I want people to know that that's not really our objective. Our objective sure. is quality, really. We Absolutely. want the brothers and the sisters to really come with intent. Yes, we want you to enjoy, but we want to build. We want to build. We have some plans of action here. We do not want to just always. Could talk about our HBCUs. Yes, we are. We have a plan to support them from, from because of the historical right. significance, mind you. But right. at this day and age, and at this point in time, if we're not prepared to start talking about, we're gonna have our own schools for higher right. ed and and so forth as well. These are the things we have to now focus on. And this is the things that we're prepared to do. We have wonderful scholars, educators, and so forth. When do we create our own so that our own people have a home to come to that really represents them? That's what we're talking about. Now, just so you'll know, MWM has selected its first initial seven sister cities and during the next three years, we are obligated to do something in each sister city that represents either education, health, and or arts and culture. That's our first initiative for these three years. In every one of those sister cities, we have to do something, establish something in those sister cities that represents one of those things for now, and it has to be independent. So we've researched gentrification in every one of those cities
0: because we get ready to go get well, some properties.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's what we have to focus on. We get we have to focus on buying land. And, That's you know, right. you take the money right. that you make from the African-American-owned businesses, and you have to take that and buy land. You take that yeah. and buy media,
5: That's things right. like this.
1: So, so That's right. you know, Dr. Claude Anderson is one of my teachers, right? And yes. I was just with him about yeah. three weeks ago here in Detroit at Wayne County Community College, and you know, you know, he talks about that five story building and you know, sure. hidden college too. And when sure. you hear me, hear, hear me interview him, I, but I say there's six stories. The foundation is African history and culture, which gives you your, yes. VIPs, your values, your values, and principles, and Absolutely. influences your economic improm- and prominent your political. Improm- Absolutely, so that's Absolutely. very important. Okay, two last questions. I'm gonna let you get out of here, mm-hmm. and then okay. I, I gotta go to this next okay. story also. But two last questions. Uh, number one. Uh, a little while back, you talked about uh, creating a homeschooling network. Now, are you connected yes. with Queen Thais yes. and the uh, Liberated Minds Black Homeschooling Education Expo in Atlanta?
3: Well, actually, I was there this year. We met. I've had her on our radio program, which, by the way, comes on oh. every Saturday night. Uh, we've had ours for 10 okay. years straight there at Live Talk as well every Saturday night at 1030. But, yes, I attended this year, and
1: uh, that, well, you, you know, Atlanta is one I of our there.
3: sister cities. Yeah, I saw you. Okay.
0: I saw you.
1: Oh, okay. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I saw you. I'm there each
1: year, and I'm and I'm I'm there each year, and I and uh, yep. year and yep. I, I spoke on Sunday. I, I was a presenter yes. on Sunday. actually. Yes. I was actually the last presenter on Sunday, and I started speaking at seven thirty p.m. on Sunday. Okay. Yes, <laughs> that Sunday I I was, the last I was
0: there. I saw
1: you. Okay, so I uh, met but, you.
3: but but yeah, we we've met. We uh we have you know definitely we're going to stay linked. And, um, you know, this has been something we've been working on for a few years now, but we want to make certain that our people really know that they have the right to do this. And so we're going to focus on some of the legal things that uh, people sometimes run up against, as well as making sure that they have resource information, et cetera, et cetera. We worked on it for a couple of years. There's a sister here in Philly, uh, Dr. Eya Ajawa. Who has been an educator for many many years certified in, and has taught at many of the uh, independent schools even the charter so called uh, some of the afrocentric charter which is almost an oxymoron but nevertheless um, she she's one mm-hmm. of she's on our team she uh, got her doctorates from temple in african American studies, so we okay. have really uh, taking the time to make certain that we cover almost every aspect. And by the way, joining us this uh, for the reunion, uh, one of the sessions is uh, attorney. Uh, you might have seen him or heard of him while you were in Atlanta. His name is Musa Don Fabio. Uh, he is okay. an international attorney, human rights. But he's also the lead attorney for uh, Iman Jamil Alamine also known as HR Brown. My point is that we have assembled teams for MWM to work with during the next three years in every area that we need. And so, again, from the legal aspect, because some cities, some states, you know, have different rules or or requirements when you want to remove your child from the system. And so, you know, again, we're going to encourage our parents, particularly our women, To really consider uh, homeschooling, but but we are creating collectives because we know the reality. Everybody can't stay home with their child. We know this. This It's not real. But to develop collectives whereby we take turns, that's what we're focusing on to help. And then the other thing is to hold some of these churches a little more accountable. These are places Mm -hmm. that classes can be held and should be held. They have facilities there. They have everything that's already there in many of these churches. So we're getting ready to go to the churches in our community and say, can we do a couple of hours in, in one of your rooms to educate our children?
1: Right, let's, exactly. let's see what that response
3: exactly. is going to
1: be. Yep. See? And, a lot, and, a, and a lot of churches will, uh, you know, a lot of churches will allow you to do that. A lot of churches will allow sure. you to do that. Uh, then sure. lastly, um, a little ways back, you talked about how there's been a lack of support from African-American men uh, for for the 20th anniversary of the Million Woman March. Why do you think there has been a lack of support? What do you think can be done to correct that deficiency?
3: Well, I think there is a lack of support because of programming um, on both ends. But in this particular situation, uh, our brothers, um, and, and again, I say this heartfelt. But I also say it as a realist, and it is that um, you know, women are not valued. Our women, for the most part, are not valued to the extent that we really should be. Uh, we know right. that much of this is because of the systemic um, oppression that has been placed on time. Right. Uh, we we you know we've had teachers, we've had information. Uh, We've had access to things in in our time that our people never had. And so we have to, you know, be responsible now for those sacrifices for us to, to, to better know thyself. And in that act accordingly. So there comes a time when you have to put aside some personal stuff. And this is one of those times, this represents something bigger than the argument that you might've had or, you know, the, the bad relationship or whatever, this is, a, this is much bigger. This is your mama right. for real, because, and you said it earlier that you do a session called uh, the mothers of civilization. Well, the thing yep. for the million woman March is raising up the mother of civilization. And we say right. it that way because there's only one mother of civilization you see. And we understand that from a psychological standpoint, we have to instill that into our people's brain, that this is who we really are. Now, we might be called bitches and hoes in certain circles, but let me tell Mm -hmm. you who we really are. And we understand what's going on with the mentality and the treatment and the lack of response. We understand that, but we, we will not accept it, at least not Right. Easily, okay? And so to combat right. that, we are letting it known, be known that we're coming together to better ourselves as women, those who dare. Now, the ones that still want to, you know, do whatever that's fine, that's your business, you know, good riddance or whatever. But for those sisters who do understand, we got to get it together. We want to get it together, and we're going to do that they will under- they understand what we're doing here. They get it because a a real black man, and I've had some to tell me this and to prove it to me, a real okay. black man, when you got a sister that's really striving and that's really on point, I'm, I know the difference. And a black man knows the difference to a real black man, a real black man. Right. And I've had the opportunity to, to interact and be around a few. And, and on that note, um, I would be remiss if I did not say that um, I had a very good relationship with Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad, uh, one that was okay. very respectful, that was very respectful, you understand? And so as right. a black man, you know, he, he, he made a commitment to me as a black woman, and that was, and he apologized to me in public when I went to him in 97. I asked Doc, I said, Doc, I need your help, because I don't know, you know, this and that and the other, and uh, he didn't know me, I didn't really know him, but I knew of him, and I certainly knew of his capabilities. so I went to him, and I asked him uh, if he would help me areas that I needed help in, and, you know, he was cordial, and he was, you know, regular Doc smiling, and said, you know, sure, sister, you give me a call, um, but you know, the call was never returned. Okay. okay. And then when I saw Doc, still when I saw Doc, like after the Million Woman March, he, we were somewhere and, and he said in public, he said, you know what? I'm going to tell y'all. He said, the sister came to me and she asked me for help and I didn't know her. I didn't believe they was going to do nothing. This is what he said. He said, but I have to go on the record. Yeah, he, said he said it. He said it. He said, I'm going to go on the record, and I'm going to apologize. He said, because I was wrong all across the board. He said, not only did they do it, he said, I was wrong for not responding the way I should have as a black man. And then from that point on, Doc and I have developed a very good work relationship. As a matter of fact, I became, for a brief time, one of his national advisors. So my point wow. is this. Yeah. And if you look on the record of the Million Youth March, you will see my name on there as a national co-convenient.
0: Wow. So I'm saying that
3: to say that that I know, we know, you know, that, that there are situations going on in our brains that have us acting and doing certain things. But I also know that we're going to continue to appeal to our men we're going to t- continue to ask them to, sh- you know, to support this because this is for us. This right. is not about women, you see. Right. And and we're asking we're after for support. And, and and here's the bottom line. You can do it or not because guess what? Oh, it is going to happen. We are going to come together. We are going to do what is necessary for our children, for our family, for our communities, and to honor our ancestors. We're asking our brothers to help, but but rest assured... Rest assured, like Ya Ashantiwa. Wa, <laughs>
0: right. there
3: comes a time when, oh, yeah. it, when it, it has to be said and known <laughs> that if you don't stand up, we will.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Asantawa, yeah. Ashantiwa, Yeah. You're dealing with the Ashanti and the and the uh, the battle over the golden stool, and she That's said that right. the men are not going. Women will. Okay, so we have, we have uh, African-American men listening across the country. They're listening on uh, Facebook Live. They're listening on Blog Talk Radio. This show is going to be podcasted on iTunes later tonight. Uh, it'll be on Blog Talk Radio podcasted. We're going to have people listening to it up to the time of the um, Million Woman March, October 23rd, October 29th. What do African-American men who are hearing this and want to help, what do you need them to do? Tell them what they need to do.
3: Listen, we have a cadre. They called Brothers in Support. They can go to the website. They can sign up as a Brother in Support. Uh, in whatever way you think you can help, there's a listing of things that you can look at, but in particular, those who are inclined to want to help out with security for that day or, you know, help in, in just welcoming the sisters. Uh, there's buses that have to be parked. You know, there's, there's uh, traffic control or crowd control. And, again, there's going to be police, but we don't want to depend on that. We have enough brothers right. with, and many with skills in those kinds of things. Why should we have to depend on, you know, the Philadelphia Police Department to do everything? Uh, and we've already talked right. to them and let them know that we're going to have our own. And, and you know, they were like, okay, well, you know, in certain areas, that's fine. And we should have that. We right. should have that kind of representation from our men.
1: Okay. And Empress, did we, okay, we just lost her. She's going to call back in. Uh, <laughs> she's going to call back in. All right. Uh, Empress Chi. Uh, so men can go to the website, million 20.com million woman, March 20.com. I want her to continue to, uh, finish talking about what uh, the role that, uh, She needs African-American men to play who want to help. What can you do? We know some can make it there. We know some listening can't make it. They have to work. They have obligations. They want to help, but they can't make it there. We're going to find out from Empress Chi how you can help. You can start by going to the website millionwomanmarch20.com, the number 20, millionwomanmarch20.com. And uh, we, also, we also have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have two flyers there uh, with a link to their website. Also, want to remind you that our 48-hour sale is going on. We have about 24 hours left in our 48-hour sale. You get my latest bundle pack, the time we have it waiting for us now. It includes five of my latest presentations, including the racist history of the White National Anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance. It's on sale, $30, regularly $60 at africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com, a website that's uh, um, this uh, a bundle pack. It's on sale right now. We have some other promotions going on right now as well for the 48-hour sale. We have two of my other bundle packs uh, on sale right now also, the redistributing the pain bundle pack and also um, Reclaiming the African Mind as well. Those are on sale for $30, regularly 50 Okay, let's check and see if um, uh, she called back in. We have her here. Let me lock her in here just a second. Okay, so we have Empress uh, Chi back. Okay, Empress, yep. you were telling us yeah. how African-American men can support and they're going to the website now, MillionWomenMarch20.com. Go ahead and finish telling them mm-hmm. how they can support.
3: Okay. And, of course, you know, help the sister. If there's a sister in your circle or a sister in the community, uh, help them to, to 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 come or to participate. You can get them a membership. It, there's so many different ways. Again, there's something listed there. But, again, remember, okay. brothers, that this is an ongoing thing that we're doing, so ongoing reality, an ongoing movement. We want our brothers to be a part of our brotherhood because wow. many of our sisters have young male children or brothers or husbands or whatever. So there are certain issues and things that the men need to deal with. With the women Many of them, again, don't necessarily have a strong black man figure in their lives or in their circle. So we're talking about young males that definitely need to interact with brothers. So we're creating a brotherhood for those who we want your support for this upcoming reunion. Yes, definitely. But for those who are inclined, we want brothers to be a part of our brotherhood so that we know we have dependable men that can help our sisters who have grandsons and young sons and nephews, this is a, we we talk about community building, village building, nation building, and strengthening the family. Well, this is what we're talking about in doing. So again, there will be ongoing sessions for the brothers after the event to talk about how the black man is going to work with the black woman to do certain things, so that that's the, that's a little protracted. But but for right now, we need whatever donations that our brothers can give to us, starting with a dollar. <laughs> you know, you can't beat that.
1: You, right. can, you just can't so, beat that. So, okay. So right on the right on the homepage of their website, MillionWomanMarch20 dot com. The number twenty. Right on the homepage of the website, on the right hand side at the top. There's a purple donate button. So brothers, ancestors can donate there, but especially African-American men. Uh, how can you support? They can donate. After they donate, where else should they look at on the website? Where else should they go on the website?
3: Okay. You look go to initiatives on the menu. Okay. And then you will see yeah, something there that says brothers and support. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, our initiatives. And then it's a right. drop-down box that says yep. brothers and support, BIS. There you Click go. right there.
3: That's right. Mm -hmm. And once you sign up there, then the brothers will start connecting with you. They have their own telephone conference calls because, again, while, yes, our primary is our women and girls because, yeah, it's the Million Woman March, but we we never separate it. We always make sure people know that we are inclusive. This is what separates us from other so-called women's groups is that we understand the concept of womanism, if you want to get into an ism, African womanism. See, everybody can't say that. We can say that because it is very holistic. And, and for those who are not familiar with the works of uh, Cleona Weems, you, you should because it's, it's very interesting when you're looking at those types of structures and you want to be able to introduce, particularly to young girls who are talking about feminism. Again, 50 years yes. ago, yeah, because you you know you didn't have nothing else. But now, mm-mm. we've had right. scholars who have been able to say why we should not prescribe ourselves to that, et cetera, et cetera. And it's intellectual, and it is on point. It's cultural, et cetera. So we now have the information that, that we know can help our people. Again, going back to October, uh, the week of October 23rd, You know, those sessions are going to talk about genocide. Those sessions are going to talk about human rights. But note, we're going to introduce some new concepts to some. We're going to have what we call pre plebiscite sessions. Plebiscite. Okay. Now, again, how do you begin to move forward as a people? How do you get other groups of people to want to be an ally to you? Well, We figured some of that out. And again, because of those who have come before us, a brilliant black man by the name of Baba Herman Ferguson taught me about plebiscite. And then from there, I was able to research it. And so we're going to introduce this to the community. A plebiscite is something that from not just an international standpoint, but in most governmental structures, this exists. We aren't taught about it because this would kind of dismantle some of what's going on but we're going to introduce it to our people because what happens with a plebiscite is this. If you had a group of people who have been subjugated by another group of people, dominated, enslaved, shall we say, that group of people meaning the enslaved, once they are no longer dominated or what have you, they then have a right. This gets into, again, your natural and human rights. This is why even this so-called Constitution says and speaks to inalienable rights. Now, what that right. means is we, as a people, we've never defined ourselves. We've always let other people do that for us. And to this day mm-hmm. we do, you see. So now what has to happen? At some point we have to have sessions where we all agree, even if it's just a temporary time period, We have to agree, those who are inclined to do so have to agree that we're going to be called this or this or this. So those that are concerned will bring in their suggestions, ideas, or whatever, and then we vote on that, meaning here's a specific contingency or a group of people who now are saying, we gotta do something about who we are so that we can proceed in a manner that is organized, that is in order, and that can be presented to the world in a collective manner, but in a well organized manner. And it not so, just so, so be religion.
1: So so you're referring to how African people in America define themselves, how what exactly. we call ourselves. Is that what you're referring exactly. to? Okay, exactly. Okay, whether it's black, whether it's African American, whether That's it's more right. That's happened, right. Okay.
5: That's and, right. And
1: I would argue be some historical information presented to uh, argue your point why you should use this. And right. uh, if you want the legal route, because people say, "Well, black is not right. a nationality." They right. want to deal with status, and the last right. legal status we had in this country was more. Okay. Right. Well, that 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 sounds good. Now right. show me where that's working. For you, right. show me right. where. So if you, you so if you want to more now, you show me where are your multi-story buildings that you there own. You, you show me exactly. where your gas stations, exactly. where your grocery stores, where your That's radio right. stations, where your TV stations. Right. Show me where That's you right. control the economics in that community. Just don't tell me That's about right. a name and nationality and half y'all right. have you all on government assistance.
5: Don't right. don't
1: see see. I've been I've been to the classes. I've been right. to the class, right. so, right. you know, I, I know exactly. what I'm talking about, all right? Exactly. <laughs> so you you have, see, provide, see, exactly. you have to be able to pro- provide, you have to be able to provide documentation, not just documentation, but you have to show me the manifestation of your right. accumulation of knowledge also. Right. Go ahead.
3: And see, Brother Michael, the, the reality is, and again, we have to at least have these dialogues with intent of resolution. Mm. You see, it can't just be a continual right. debate or whatever. No, 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 no. The thing is to be critical, to be intellectual, to be honest about the matter, right. this. that right. more than likely it needs to be a name that has not been used. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is what at least one sector of our, of our groups will be proposing, that we need to look at this thing realistically because we don't want to compete with each other. We don't want to, you know, keep going through this thing of, well, you're right, we did it here, we did it there. Okay, fine. But for right now, until we get a few things done, let's call, let's have a, a, a moratorium, and let's just say for right now, we can put a time period on it, we're going to agree to call ourselves this, just to take care of some business. Now, after that, we can branch off into whatever nation we want to be or whatever, but for the sake of... Doing something that is required when you're dealing with international law that's required. What can we call ourselves? Now, to give you a perfect example, we already have two suggestions. They're just suggestions. Okay. The masses of okay. the people that sign on will vote, right? And we have a process for that, too. But one of the suggestions okay. was African North American not African-American, because by saying American, you are literally connecting yourself to the government. You see, when you say African-North American, you're then connecting to the land mass. So these are some of the, the, not arguments or debates necessarily, but some of the things that we want to examine, you see.
0: Because we're intelligent enough oh.
3: to do that in this day and age, so I'm just giving that as an example. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the name, but I'm just showing you how no, 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 critically, I, I right. So, right?
1: So I've 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 dealt with this extensively in the past before. So okay. I would also okay. encourage that people deal with the history and the etymology of the name that they choose. Also, so when you deal sure. with the word America,
5: sure.
1: America right. comes right. from the Ameri. Uh, right. who were a group of black African people in what today right. is called Nicaragua, and they lived right. near a mountain called Sierra Amarique. And this is who Amerigo Vespucci, uh, whose real name was Aberigo Vespucci, this is who right. he came in contact with. And he changed his name from Aberigo to Amerigo in honor of these people who were a group of black African people yes. Uh, yes. Who, who, called themselves, who called themselves the Los Amaristes. In honor of the yeah. mountain that they live near, Sierra Amarique. And Jan Carew talks about this in the book uh, Fulcrums of Change. Uh, it's about page 95 to about 110. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, the whole history of this, he deals with the etymological derivation of that. And then we know that African people are the original people mm-hmm. of this land as well. Yes. And yes. it is. So last, last Thursday, I had my friend on, Dr. David M. Hotel, who wrote the book mm-hmm. The First Americans Were Africans Documented Evidence. Okay, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And
1: uh, we know that the word Africa comes from mm-hmm. the Afri, who were a group of black African people in Algeria and Tunisia. And right. Tunisia used to be called Carthage. So mm-hmm. this, it was not mm-hmm. named after Publius Cornelius mm-hmm. Scipio, right. who right. was a Roman general because he right. took the surname Africanus after the name right. of the area that he conquered. Right. Africa was, is in honor of the Afri, A-F-R-I. Right.
0: Mm-hmm, okay, so mm-hmm, when we deal mm-hmm. with
1: these names, we have to understand the etymology and the history behind the names also, okay? All right, and just so people understand, the first recorded usage of the term African-American was in was May 15, 1782 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Right. Right. Reverend Jesse Jackson, I created the term That's right. African-American. He, he reintroduced <laughs> right. the term African-American, just so we can be historically and factually accurate. Yes.
0: Okay, yes. sisters,
1: so people yes. are going to the website. They're going to support we're gonna to have to bring you back. I gotta figure out a time when we could bring you back uh, uh, once again, because uh, you got a ton of information. Now, uh, now, you, now you have a team helping you with this, right? You ain't doing all this by yourself, are you? Because you got a lot going well, on. Well, Oh, you you, you, right? you know it, brother. Yeah, no,
3: we've been like I say, we've been building now for twenty years. Uh but yeah, we have okay. sort of a dynamite group of, of sisters in particular, but again, our brothers, uh we want more, we're looking for more, but the ones we have, I tell you, they are they're incredible. You heard what I'm calling earlier. That was one of our brothers. <laughs>
1: Angela. Yes, yes, Angela, yes. yes. No, the
3: another brother, brother As- Daryl. Oh the
1: brother. Oh, Daryl, Darryl. Darryl. Yeah. Okay. Angela that was called one of my in. Daryl called that in also. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Okay, well look, sister, uh I appreciate you coming on, taking time out of your busy schedule. Oh, I Once thank again, you, everybody I
5: thank
1: you. No problem. Once again, everybody visit the website millionwomanmarch twenty dot com, the number twenty, woman march twenty dot com. Do any what you can, uh support how you can. You can register to be a vendor, you can become a sponsor let people know about this, and um, do you um, are you in uh, social media? Do you have a YouTube channel, doing you, things like this?
3: We don't have a – well, no, let me not say that. I think Sister Angela did do one, but we're definitely on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Tweet. Yeah, so just look for official
0: Twitter.
3: Million Woman March, right. Twitter, look for official, and and it will should pop right up. Hashtag, hashtag us, official Million Woman March.
1: Let me see. I think we still have Angela on the line. Okay, uh, area code 216. Is this Angela? 216 area code. This is Angela. Okay, maybe that's... No, uh, this is Brother
6: uh, Daryl. Okay, it's it's Brother
1: Darrell. Okay. Let's, let's, let's go back to Angela. Okay, is this Angela, 216 area code? I'm gonna try it again. This is
6: Brother Daryl. Can you hear me? But Brother Daryl oh, can okay. tell you also. Yeah.
1: Oh Daryl, Daryl, go ahead. Uh social media.
6: Social media for uh the Team DLW Unity movement, any everything, uh, Team DLW. Um as far as the national um Million Woman March twenty dot com, you can definitely go to the website that's uh um Millionwomanmarch20 dot com. Okay. And again, uh, I, I believe you gave that information earlier. Was there? Yeah, we need. But do you have the
3: social media piece, brother Daryl? Uh, the um, the Instagram think, and the I Facebook.
1: Think, I think Angela just called. No, back I don't. I, no, I don't have that pulled up.
6: Okay. I don't have that pulled up right now. I'm okay. Let me go to. But,
1: okay, I think we have Angela, Angela definitely
6: has it. Okay. Let, Let me has. get her.
1: Just okay. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks. Keep listening. Okay, let's go to Angela. Oh, Okay, is this Angela here in the 216 area code?
4: Greetings, greetings, yes, brother. I'm sorry. Knocked myself off by accident. You hear me? Okay.
1: So, uh, yeah, go ahead with the social media uh, handles.
4: Okay, yep. On Facebook, we are official Million Woman March MWM 20. That is going to be our main page. We have 10 state pages, um, D.C., Illinois. Georgia, uh, Ohio, Michigan, Missouri, and a few others. Um, and so, okay. you know, give, whatever corresponding the city is in on the
1: Give us the name again on Facebook. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Official, official, Million <laughs> in March, MWM20. So that will take you to the main headquarters page. And then you you can add, you'll see all the affiliated states. From there. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. That's okay. On t- Twitter, we're at official MWM20. At official MWM20. That's our Twitter handle. Okay. okay. And then on Instagram, we are official million woman movement. Official million woman singular movement. So those, uh, you know, our hashtag is hashtag MWM20. So, you know, shout us out, help us trend, you know, follow us, tag us, like us, you know, engage with us, hashtag MWM20. And, um, you know, let the people know that y'all on deck with us. So there it is. Thank you, brother.
1: Okay. All right, sister. Thanks for calling back. Keep listening. All right, Empress. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. We're going to bring you back on as well. People will visit the website. Uh, show up there in Philadelphia, October twenty third, twenty ninth, and uh, let's uh, work together. Let's build together. Oh, oh All and right. also, uh, Sister, All right. what's your? Uh, how you pronounce your first name?
3: It's Filay.
1: Filay, okay. P H I L E mm-hmm. apostrophe fillet and uh,
3: well, ch- actually, it's uh, an accent left- mark. There's an accent, accent mark, mark. Okay. over the E. You know, like in, um, right. in Yoruba, you will hear Ile Ife. Right? Yeah, Ile
1: Ife, yeah. Right, yep.
3: So my name is sort of pronounced in that same uh, context, uh, Phile. Right? Phile. And okay. my last okay. name is Chionesu, which is Shona, and it means guiding light.
1: Okay, uh, pronounce that again
3: Chi O Su.
1: Yeah, Chio yeah, uh, Nesu. Yeah, C I O N E S U. N mm-hmm. E S U. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, sister. Well, look, you have a great night in Mod Hotel. Oh, and, uh, thank thanks you. Thanks for uh, sharing oh, thank this information you. with us, okay?
3: Yes, my brother. Thank you, family. Okay, peace. See you all next no week. Problem. All right.
1: I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, thank peace. you. Peace to you. All right. So that was uh, Dr. Phile uh Chionesu. Uh, you listen to the African History Network show right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network. If you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Um, we have uh, all of my DVD lectures there. We have documentaries like the Elementary Genocide. Uh, documentaries, Elementary Genocide, Part 3, just came out August 22nd. I'm featured in this documentary along with Professor Kapa Kaminé, Booker T. Coleman, and Professor James Small, Dr. Boyce Watkins. This is from Director Raheem Shabazz. Uh, we have uh, the documentaries, uh, Elementary Genocide 1, 2, and 3, at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, also, um, we have the bundle pack there. Uh, it's on sale. Uh, we have a 48-hour sale. It's on sale. Um, $30, regular $60, The five-DVD bundle pack, uh, the time we have been waiting for is now, the time we have been waiting for is now. And um, I have about 35 of my presentations there, okay? Uh, we have the Hidden Colors documentaries. We have a lot of stuff there. And my latest presentation is The Racist History of the White National Anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance, The Racist History of the White National Anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance, okay? All right, we'll be back in a few minutes, and I want to go back to the story about Colin Kaepernick filing a grievance um, against the NFL, and then uh, we'll deal with this date in African-American history. And I want to um, go to this story quickly out of Houston, Texas, of an African-American girl who was um, suspended from, from school refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, okay? You listen to the African History Network show uh, right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, and we're uh, broadcasting on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, uh, the African History Network uh, as well. Remember, all these shows are uh, podcasted here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network show. Uh, you can also go to africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com, all of, the, um, uh, all of our podcasts are there as well. We'll be back in a few minutes.
2: Overworked? Suffering with an underperforming company? Headache customer, staff, or vendors? Or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? From anywhere nationally, call 301 Spelled new as in numerous on your device right now, book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com.
1: All right, we're back. Okay, visit newbusinesssolutions.com, N-U, newbusinesssolutions.com. Okay, so um, in the first segment of the show, I was talking about uh, Colin Kaepernick filing a grievance accusing NFL teams of colluding against him. And Washington Post has a good article about this um, from October 15th, okay, Uh, Sunday, October 15th. So I want to go back to that, and uh, you can give us a call if you have a quick question or comment, 914-338-1375. 914-338-1375. 914-338-1375. Press the number one key to put you in queue so we can bring you on the air. We'll be here for a few more minutes. So uh, Kaepernick has hired Mark Garagos, uh, who's a very high-profile attorney, to handle his case. Gabriel Feldman, Gabriel Feldman, who is the director of the sports law program at Tulane University, said, quote, there has to be, There has to be some evidence of an agreement uh, between multiple teams not to sign a player. Disagreement over personnel decisions, as obvious as it is, may seem to some looking at this, does not provide evidence of collusion. There has to be some evidence of an explicit or implied agreement. There has to be proof of a conspiracy. Now, Kaepernick opted out of – the article goes on to say Kaepernick opted out of his contract with the San Francisco 49ers following last season, making him a free agent eligible to sign with any team. The 49ers have said they would have released Kaepernick rather than retaining him under the terms of that deal. He has remained out of work, being passed over by other teams in favor of other quarterbacks. The Seattle Seahawks and Baltimore Ravens uh, Baltimore Ravens considered signing Colin Kaepernick, but decided against doing so. Most recently, the Tennessee Titans signed Brandon Whedon, W-E-E-D-E-N, to provide depth behind backup Matt, Casse- uh, Matt Cassell when their starting quarterback, Marcus Mariota, uh, was hurt. That signing seemed particularly inflammatory to Colin Kaepernick's supporters who cited Kaepernick's superior career accomplishments. Kaepernick has led the 49ers to a Super Bowl and two NFC uh, championship games, and he threw 16 touchdown passes, passes with four interceptions uh, for them last season. Now, the NFL Players Association issued a written statement late on Sunday, October 15, saying it learned of Kaepernick's grievance through media reports, and that it had learned the league previously was informed of Kaepernick's intention to file the grievance. Our union has a duty to assist Mr. Kaepernick as well as, as we do all players, and we will support him. This is what the NFL Players Association uh, said in a written statement, and they, and they went on to say that it had been in regular contact with Colin Kaepernick's representatives over the past year about his options and plan to schedule a call for this week with his advisors, okay? So you can check out the rest of this article, WashingtonPost.com. Colin Kaepernick Kaepernick files grievance accusing NFL teams of colluding against him. Uh, Washington Post also had an article from earlier yesterday. As NFL owners wrestle with national anthem demonstrations, Protests continue on Sunday as NFL owners wrestle with uh, National Anthem demonstrations. Protests continue on Sunday, okay? And uh, National Anthem demonstrations remain a prominent theme uh, on Sunday with NFL owners and NFL Players Association representatives set to consider at this week's ownership meetings how to channel the activism and passions shown by those who take a knee or link arms into community action. The challenge for the NFL owners remains finding a compromise that pleases fans and players alike, rather than issuing a mandate as they consider whether to alter the game day guidelines that say players quote unquote should stand for the anthem to something stronger. So Uh, The guidelines currently say they should stand for the anthem, but it's not mandatory to stand for the anthem. And according to the guidelines, they can't be punished for not standing for the anthem because this is part of their collective bargaining. They can't be punished for not standing for the national anthem as things stand now. Now, this past Sunday brought the latest wave of demonstrations, including uh, from Colin Kaepernick's team, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, six active members of the San Francisco 49ers, along with one inactive member, took a knee at uh, Washington's FedEx field in their first appearance since their display last uh, the, the previous Sunday when Vice President Mike Pence staged his protest. And we talked about that. We talked about that also. He staged his protest, Right. So elsewhere across the nation, a small number of players in the uh, 1 p.m. Eastern daytime um, uh, game took a knee, and in Minneapolis, the Green Bay Packers chose to continue to stand with players linking arms before the game against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Now, TV networks continue to cut away to commercials before the national anthem, as was their practice on regular season games before the whole controversy arose. And we know that the Fox uh, TV network said that they're not going to show uh, the players protesting. Now, Eric Reed, who plays for the San Francisco 49ers, a former teammate of Colin Kaepernick, and he was the um, second one on that team to kneel along with Colin Kaepernick, uh Eric Reed has taken over the team's leadership uh regarding this protest. And um he he's taken all he's taken over the team's leadership on the matter since Kaepernick's free agency. And Eric Reed promises that the Forty uh, 49ers will continue to be out front on this issue. He had he and his teammates have, he says, the backing of owner Jed York, who has expressed very clearly that he wants to support us, uh, Eric Reed said, uh, quote, that's uh, that he's not going to force us to do anything, speaking for our team. That's what he told me explicitly, end quote. It's also important to note that Jed York stated after Colin Kaepernick made his pledge of $1 million, and Colin Kaepernick has been making good on that because so far he's donated $830,000 approximately. You can go to Kaepernick's website, kaepernickthenumber 7com Kaepernick, the number com and it has a list of where he has been donating his money, part of his $1 million pledge. Jed York said, I'm going to match your million with $1 million to donate to various charities also, okay? So as far as I know, Jed York is the only uh, team owner who has done that, okay? The 32 team owners, as far as I know, Jed York is the only one to have done that, all right? So check out the rest of this article at uh, WashingtonPost.com as NFL owners wrestle with national anthem demonstrations. Protests continue uh, Sunday, all right? Then you have uh, the the article from uh, AtlantaBlackStar.com, AtlantaBlackStar.com, and they always have some good articles at uh, AtlantaBlackStar.com. I'm trying to see where the article from – there was one from – Oh, uh, here we go. There was one from um, this is New York Post. The quarterback signing that drove Colin Kaepernick to collusion charge. The quarterback signing that drove Colin Kaepernick to collusion charge. Uh, this is from New York Post, uh, October 16, thousand and seventeen. This is from today. Okay.
5: Uh,
1: according to a pro, fo- according to a Pro Football Talk report, Colin Kaepernick decided to charge the NFL with collusion after the Tennessee Titans uh, signed um, uh, Brandon Whedon two weeks ago, uh, Kaepernick filed a grievance against the league, arguing that the NFL, at the behest of Donald Trump, check this out, at the behest of Donald Trump, had conspired to keep him out of the league after he became the face of the players' national anthem protest. So we know that it was a couple Fridays ago, um, Trump was campaigning for uh, in Alabama for Luther Strange uh, to be a U.S. senator, and uh, Trump uh, said that he would like to see. He said, wouldn't you like to see one of those team owners fired at S.O.B. who takes a knee? Now, Trump hasn't talked about the fact that taking a knee comes from the military, and that it was an ex-Green Beret, Nate Bo- Nate Boyer. Who used to play for the Seattle Seahawks, who met with Colin Kaepernick for 90 Minutes. He also met with Eric Reed as well. And it was Nate Boyer at ex Green Beret who gave them the idea of taking the knee because it's a sign of respect in the military. Now, Trump wouldn't know anything about this because Trump never served in the military. And when it came time for Donald Trump to defend the flag that he, he cares about, that he says he cares about so much. He got five deferments so he didn't have to go fight in Vietnam because he's a coward, okay? Donald Trump said that his Vietnam was avoiding getting STDs in the 1970s. That's not my words. Though, so that's what he said. Go research that. Donald Trump said his Vietnam was avoiding getting STDs in the 1970s 90 okay? seconds. because because Donald Trump is a whore, and he always has been, Okay? He's a lying, con man, white supremacist, bigoted whore, okay? And his wives know it. His current wife knows it also. He's a whore. That's what he is. And he's a sexual predator also. He's an admitted sexual predator. So um, check out this article from uh, New York Post, the QB signing that drove Colin Kaepernick to collusion charges. So, those, um, those listening on Blog Talk Radio, uh, we're about to stop live streaming in 60 seconds. Call in and listen by phone to the rest of the show, 914-338-1375, 914-338-1375. You have to call in now um, because we stopped live streaming in 60 seconds. You'll be able to listen to the rest of the show on podcast. Those listening on Facebook Live, you can t- continue to listen on Facebook Live, okay? Then New York, um, Then AtlantaBlackStar.com has the article, Colin Kaepernick Files Grievance against NFL alleging collusion. Colin Kaepernick files grievance against the NFL alleging collusion. All right. And um I had another article here. Just trying to find out where that one is. Cause I have a bunch of articles here. So where the where is okay, we got that. Eric Reed wrote a op-ed article for the New York Times um, called Why Colin Kaepernick and I Chose to Take a Knee, okay? Why Colin Kaepernick and I Chose to Take a Knee. And it's a very important article, okay? Once again, I've been following this protest from day one. This protest ties into history, Uh, I've read um, over, I have a file folder, a thick file folder with articles about the protests. And I've read over 100 articles dealing with this protest. Okay. Um, But the op-ed article, so you have people who have been telling this lie that they don't know why the players are protesting or they're disgracing the flag and different things like this, right? So, uh, Eric Reed made it very plain, made it very clear in the um, article that he wrote, okay, for the New York Times, mainstream publication, so there's no confusion. So, more and more people are learning about why the protest actually exists. More and more people are actually learning why the protest actually exists. And I have to see. I don't know where the hell that article is. But, because I have stacks of articles here. Um, This is dealing with the Star-Spangled Banner. Francis Scott Key. All right. All right. Let me pull it up because I have it um, bookmarked. I'm going to give you the actual name of that article. That's Black Agenda Report. This is the Pledge of Allegiance. All right, so I'll give you the name of the article here. Just a minute, the exact name of it. Uh, Let's see, pull this up. That's uh, Eric Reed. Okay, so that's from the New York Times, September 25th, 2017. It's called Why Colin Kaepernick and I Decided to Take a Knee, Why Colin Kaepernick and I Decided to Take a Knee. Okay, so check that one out as well. Okay, now, YourBlackWorld.net had an article that they picked up from um they picked it up from um, essence.com okay and this article is is about a um African American uh girl in Houston, Texas who refused to stand in school for the pledge of allegiance and you you're starting to hear stories about this we had one story Uh, here in Farmington Hills, Michigan, which is a suburb of Detroit. We talked about this here on the show. Uh, He had an African-American boy uh, in sixth grade, Um, and uh, his name was Stephen. I forgot his uh, last name. Um, He refused to take a knee. I mean, sorry, he refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, and he said, I'll only pledge allegiance to my family and to God. All right. And that caused uh a ruckus at his uh, at his school. His father had to go to that school and get involved. So you you're starting to hear some stories um about this. Uh his name was um Stone Cheney. Stone Cheney was his name. That was the boy's name. Stone Cheney East Middle School in Farmington Hills, Michigan, sixth grade. Okay. Okay, so we have this story. uh, We posted this article earlier today. Uh, Houston student expelled from school for expressing her thoughts. Houston student expelled from school for expressing her thoughts. Okay. Uh, And here's what it says. It's from yourblackworld.net. While people across the country have joined the uh, fight to protest, Against ongoing um school injustices targeting um, targeting African Americans with the uh hashtag take the knee movement uh to some things have not um things have not gone well on their side among them is one Texas high school student who says her participation has made has made her has gotten her kicked out of her school indefinitely. Uh, Her name is India Landry, L-A-N-D-R-Y, India Landry. And she is a student at Windfriend High School, W-I-N-D-F-R-E-N, Windfriend High School. And she has consistently opted to remain seated in the class whenever the Pledge of Allegiance is sung uh, for nearly uh, seven months, okay? Uh, We don't sing the Pledge of Allegiance. You recite the Pledge of Allegiance, okay? However, on October 2nd, 2017, uh, this was the end of uh, her doing her protest in school. The 17-year-old senior was um, expelled uh, by school administrators for for refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. While expelling her, the the administrators reportedly told Landry that this, quote, quote, unquote, isn't the NFL and that she would have, quote, stood for the Pledge of Allegiance just like the other blacks in her class, end quote. Now, Winfrey High School's policy, much like many schools across the nation, allows students to decide not to recite the Pledge of Allegiance, but still requires them to stand. Uh, The teen said that, quote, I refuse to stand during the pledge because it violates everything I believe in, end quote. Uh, Following her expulsion, India's mom, uh, whose name is Kizzy Landry, uh, K-I-Z-Z-Y, Uh, filed a lawsuit against the school principal, Martha Strother, uh, and the school district uh, seeking unspecified punitive and exemplary damages. Now, Kizzy Landry, the mother, also went to meet with the school's principal uh, trying to have uh, her daughter reinstated, but she says the principal told her that her daughter must stand during the pledge if she wants to be admitted uh, back to school. Uh, the principal also suggested Landry, quote, quote, write about justice in African-Americans uh, being killed, end quote, rather than protesting during the national anthem. Okay, well, it's the Pledge of Allegiance, not the national anthem, number one. Number two, uh, the students should not be forced to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. The students should not be forced to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, You're trying to force them to believe in something they may not believe in. Now, in a statement written by KHOU, the school district explained that a student won't, quote, won't be removed from campus uh, for declining to stand for the pledge, end quote. The statement added that the situation would be handled internally. Currently, KHOU noted, that I think that's the uh, TV station there, noted that school policy demands that a student must give a note uh, so as to be allowed to remain seated during the uh, recitation of the Pledge of Allegiance, although the school reached out to India's mom, offering to let her back to school and remain seated during the pledge. After her story made headlines on the local news, the family's Uh, still moving forward with the suit, with the lawsuit. Now, the school's actions of condemning students for taking part in the hashtag take take the knee protest or take a knee protest are just but the latest in the long list of misguided counterproductive responses that continue to punish those pressing forward in the war against social injustices and toward racial equality. I would say against the war, uh, I would say in the war against white supremacy and racism. Okay, because African Americans should neither say the Pledge of Allegiance nor should they stand or sing the national anthem. It's not just the third stanza of the song, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, the National Anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. It's the entire song. The entire song is a white supremacist song, written by Francis Scott Key, who's a white supremacist slave owner who thought African people were mentally inferior. KHOU is the CBS uh, TV station, uh, CBS affiliate there um, in uh, Houston, Texas, okay? So check this out. We have this article posted at our Facebook fan page. Uh, the African History Network is from yourblackworld.net, uh, picked up from Essence, uh, essence.com, yourblackworld.net, okay? All right, this date in African American history, uh, October 16th. George Washington Williams, George Washington Williams credited as being the first uh, African-American historian or major uh, of major significance was born in Pennsylvania. Uh, this date in 1849, George Washington Williams. Now, if you saw the Tarzan remake with Samuel L., Samuel L. Jackson in the film, Samuel L. L. Jackson was playing the role of George Washington Williams. Okay. Um, this date in, uh, 1859, the Harpers Ferry insurrection began with John Brown attacking Harpers Ferry in Virginia, Harpers Ferry, Virginia, along with 13 whites and five African Americans. On this date in 1859, they took arms and seized the arsenal. Uh, October 16th is a very historical date in African American history. Uh, this date in 1883, S. E. Thomas, S.E. Thomas, inventor, uh, who was an inventor, Patsit the Waste Trap. It was a curved metal plumbing pipe, the Waste Trap, W-A-S-T-E. This date in 1883. That was patent number 286746, 286746. This date in 1940, this date in 1940, Benjamin Oliver Davis, Sr., Benjamin Oliver Davis, Sr., commander of Harlem's uh, 369th uh, Coast Artillery, Uh, National Guard, became the first African-American general in the U.S. Army. This date in 1940. Uh, Benjamin Oliver Davis, Sr., commanded a a brigade artillery unit based at Fort Riley, Kansas. Also, this date in 1968, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, wearing uh, black gloves and socks, uh, rose uh, their fists in, uh, in the air in support of the struggle for black freedom while being awarded the 200-meter uh, Olympic gold and bronze medals, respectively, in the 1968 uh, Olympics. Okay, that was in Mexico City, if I remember correctly, in Mexico City. I know uh, BlackDen.com uh, has an article uh, about that on their uh, website also uh, for today, BlackDen.com. Uh, Uh, Also, you know, we posted an article about Maynard Jackson. Maynard Jackson was elected mayor of Atlanta, Georgia, on this date in 1973, the first African-American mayor of a major southern city. Um, And when we look at uh, uh, South Africa, Bishop Desmond Tutu, activist and head of the South African Council of Churches, was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize on this date in 1984, being a unifying figure in the campaign to resolve the problem of apartheid. This date in 1990, jazz musician and band leader Art Blakely uh, Blakely, uh, passed away in New York. Uh, This date in 1995, Dr. Wilma King, W-I-L-M-A, Dr. Wilma King, professor of history and and author, published Stolen Child, the first book-length the first uh, book length study of the slave child, this date in 1995. And on this date in uh, also 1995, the Nation of Islam facilitated the Million Man March, a day of atonement. The Million Man March, a day of atonement, October 16th, 1995, 22 years ago today. Uh, This event was held in Washington, D.C. It marked the largest gathering of African-Americans in a demonstration. Uh, Nearly two million uh, African-American men attended. uh, And then the Million Family March, uh, uh, so nearly two million African-American men attended. Um, The Million Family March to celebrate family and unity was held on the Washington Mall on this date in uh, the year 2000. We know in 1997 You had approximately 2.5 million people who showed up to the Million Woman March. We just had Dr. Uh, Philae Chionesu on to give us that history um, also. All right. You can read more facts about this date in African history and African-American history at Yenoba.com, Y-E-N-O-B-A, Yenoba.com dot com. All right. Well, hey, if you like the type of information we share with you here on the African History Network show and on the African History Network on our Facebook fan page and uh, our other platforms on our website AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, dot com, our YouTube channel Michael M. Hotep, where we have almost um, uh, six hundred video clips there. You can visit our website africanhistorynetwork dot com. Network dot com. You can support us. You can purchase uh, DVDs there. My lectures, documentaries, uh, things like that. We have a wide selection of DVDs We have a recommended reading list of books there also. You can also donate to the African History Network. Just click on the yellow donate button right on the home page of the website. Click on the yellow donate button right on the home page of the website. Uh, you may donate 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 dollars. That helps us. That helps me also when I, when I travel because I'm paying out of pocket. I'm going to Chicago. Uh, I'll be in Chicago Wednesday and Thursday, Chicago State University uh, for the Ujima Marketplace, organized by the Black Mall, uh, 9501 South King Drive, 9501 South King Drive, uh, the Chicago State University, in the uh, CRSU quasi Ronald Harris Rotunda. Uh, that's where the vendors will be set up. Uh, you can visit uh, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com for more information or the TheBlackMall.com. And if you want to be a vendor, you can also call 773-357-6154, 773-357-6154 as well. So I have a vendor table there. We have uh, my DVD lectures and we have documentaries. So come on out. Uh, meet Brother Michael um uh, and I'll answer your questions. And you can... Uh, Check out uh, what I have. Uh, purchase um, our DVDs also. Check out the other vendors as well. We help, we help recycle um, African-American dollars. All right. So remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong your own behavior, what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself, okay? So remember, right now, corrects correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.